cut, well-dressed FBI. You make me sad, I don't know why. Joe Exotic was just too subtle. Crimes so smooth, can't see his hustle. Gun-toting pierced polygamist. Electoral run, you must have missed. Actual murder for hire. Fundraisers, suspicious fires. News segments on Local 4. Sequined shirts, hard to ignore. Flags so red, all gone unnoticed. But the odds you'd see was the remotest. Corleone El Chapo Gotti. Joe takes the cake and the biscotti. Joe Exotic, mastermind, criminal king of our time. Who can blame the FBI? They gave it the old college try. Tight. That was tight. Point like a tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It's episode six of the Quarren Tigers. I am Craig McCourt, your host. As always, I've got with me my two uh, cohorts here in the Tiger Kingdom. Uh, we've got Dan Hurt. Hey, what's going on, folks? And we've got Ty Roberts. <laughs> Meow, life is beautiful. How are you guys doing? <laughs> life is beautiful. I'm feeling great, guys. Woo! I'm feeling great. We've all survived the quarantine to this point. There's all kinds of reason to be happy about that. Uh, how are you guys holding up? Man, I'll, I'll tell you, this is a lot like this show where the longer it goes on, like the worse it gets. <laughs> I... I I started I started this quarantine with a little enthusiasm. I was scared, I was nervous, but I was a little excited, and now it's just like, I'm fucking done. Well, way to give the listeners something to look forward to. Ty, how are you feeling going into today's show? I, I'm on cloud nine, man. Life has never been better. <laughs> Wonderful. Woo! Guys, I'm happy to hear it. Listen, in all honesty, in all honesty, I am absolutely loving this quarantine stuff. I love not driving to work. Uh, it has reduced my podcast listening. Uh, I've only listened to uh, five episodes of a show I won't name uh, at this point, <laughs> uh, just so I don't get judged too harshly. But uh, they were amazing, and uh, I'm hoping that we can maybe uh, add to that that unnamed list today with some more content. Your um, podcast listening is way down, but your podcast production has skyrocketed. Oh, through the roof. Roughly <laughs> yeah. 6,000% if that's yeah. how math yeah. works. I don't think it is. <laughs> um, I wanted we- to start off quickly, sorry, with an apology. Hmm. Guys, we're, we're going there. I know this is a dangerous precedent to set, but specifically, I wanted to apologize to one Mr. Ty Roberts. Oh. Uh, Ty was Aww. ready to rock last week on Wednesday. Speaking of uh, rock. Our loyal listeners here will know that we typically have posted one episode a week. Uh, we did miss. Ty was ready to go last Wednesday. Dan and I showed up like a bunch of chumps and said, hey, let's make our notes tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, we left high and dry. Ty had to bail. And uh, it's been a, a complete lost week in the world of uh, the Corn Tigers. But uh, luckily, we're, we're, we're here. We're ready. Everyone has... Uh, pristine, amazing notes, and this is going to be an absolutely amazing episode. I'm excited um, about it. I appreciate that, Craig. But you don't have to worry about me. This has been the best week of my life. Yeah, you know <laughs> do tell Ty. Let's hear. I'm it. getting more worried. Oh, I don't want to get into details, but it is. This has been an amazing, amazing week. <laughs> so, I, mean, I mean, that's a good thing, right? That's a good absolutely. Thing. Yeah, I think there's only one place we can go from here, mm-hmm. um, and that is to hop right into escalators. Oh, good. Do you guys have anything uh, specifically? It's been a while. It's been Mm -hmm. two weeks. But since 
we wrapped up episode five. Any things you thought we breezed over too quickly or, uh, you know, just that you wanted to add to as far as notes from the previous mm-hmm. episode? Mm-hmm. I'm going um, to I'm gonna ask Ty to go first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Only oh, because you wow. sound like you want to say something, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, I'm going to mm-hmm. let Dan go right now. Second. Oh, what a sweetheart. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, so I do. And you're right. It's been a minute. But I, I, I decided to do post-it notes for escalators because it's hard to say, what was the thing I forgot to say? So I had to write it down. And I want I want to take you guys back to a um, – a, back, a beautiful backyard funeral uh, that we all got to attend. <laughs> um, th- so the when when Joe takes the microphone at his late husband's funeral uh, and he sings one of his songs, I can't even remember what the hell it was. He mm-hmm. it's not it's not like it's a karaoke track. He sings over the vocal tracks, which is really the first time that we get a direct. A to B comparison of the voices in Joe Exotic's music and the voice of Joe Exotic. And they are not the same voice. Um, What are you you trying to say, Dan? Well, okay. (laughs) So we had our suspicions early on in this. And well, okay. I had my suspicions and then it seemed like, oh, here's a video of him singing in a studio. I, I can't believe how good he sounds. Ty, I think we were in the same boat here, right? We were both like, wow, he's got a singing voice yeah i I believed in the miracles of post-production effects i'm guilty on this fair enough fair (laughs) enough it's not what we want to hear from our sound guy (laughs) (laughs) well no it is exactly what you want to hear i thought it was possible to make him sound that good and still be called him singing yeah Um, Yeah. but i was wrong so i was uh, serendipitously i was also sent along a link by somebody and it was a uh, here kitty kitty music video that was produced by the offspring and um uh, craig you sent that along didn't you did you send that along i did share that in our in our private group chat <clears throat> yep. yes and and i did my due diligence and i clicked expand on the notes section of that video and i realized in the things that somebody from the offspring billy or whoever the hell they are um it's not actually him it's these other two dudes clinton and oh, i don't have the right note but it's just it, it pissed me off that it was it was another and as the further we go down this trail the more lies we see by joe exotic and um i I guess i just wanted to go back to say that we had the opportunity to actually witness joe's lies in action as he was embarrassing himself at a funeral Hmm. other than Mm -hmm. the funeral part i feel like that was a a reading from the book of dan for every episode so far (laughs) (laughs) yeah a little bit yeah oh boy he's still got what it takes to be a star that's true. I, I think he does. Yeah. We mentioned last episode, uh, I'm going to hop in with one of my escalators. Sorry, to, just because it ties in directly with what you're saying. Mm. We had uh, maybe given, we had tried to give Joe the benefit of the doubt that the song was maybe like, a, we, we joked it could be a Candle in the Wind style remix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the YouTube video, guys. It's been two weeks of that entire funeral. They oh, have Jesus. the entire thing shared. No. Uh, oh, yes. God. I watched more than I am comfortable with. I'm a changed man. Uh, But the song specifically was what I was looking for, uh, was not any type of remix and had anything to do with Travis. Mm. It was strictly about Joe seemingly or about whoever the hell wrote it because it seems that it wasn't Joe, Mm. I guess uh, we know now. But uh, no, uh, as far as we were led to believe in the episode, 
uh, it was Joe singing about Joe and it was pretty accurately portrayed. <laughs> All right, that said, they did make it sound like his, his speech about his, uh, you know, dearly departed Travis was mm. almost entirely about his balls. And I can assure you that that was not the case. It was no. very long and very biblical and uh, very really? difficult to listen to. Wow. Like, okay. I'll, ne- I'll never get that time back. Was the title of this YouTube video, uh, Newly Grieving Mother is Trolled by Hillbillies? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even know that's what I was clicking on. I was just like, man, that's good clickbait. I'm I'm watching this. And there I was. Uh, I did have one other escalator. (laughs) It was Uh, in the Hillbilly subreddit. Yeah. I'm not a member, I promise. Um, Oh, you know what I found out today? In a, uh, not not today, this week in a video game uh, that I played called uh, Pixel Ripped 1989. Uh, you can se- spell hillbillies on a calculator. I always knew about boobies, boobies, yeah, and uh, some other words, <clears throat> but I never knew that you could spell hillbillies on a calculator. So uh, that's pretty neat. Uh, That's kids, a great if tip you're for listening, the kids at home, yeah, yeah. T- if you're listening, fucking write that down. That's a good tip. <laughs> um, just the tip. Just the tip. Not the whole thing. The uh, My second escalator. And again, sorry, Ty, I gave you the chance to go first and you passed. So I don't know if you have another no, one. No, I, uh, I consider this dance segment, although it's quickly becoming yours. <laughs> I, I, I do my research. Um, we totally skipped over the fact that uh, we never stated out loud that Travis was sleeping with every girl at the zoo. <laughs> I think that yeah, that is an absolutely up. significant piece of information that we kind of yeah. glazed right over uh, when mm. talking about Travis's life at the zoo. And that scene where Travis jokingly, I'm doing hand quotes here, which is great on an audio medium, mm-hmm. he jokingly mm-hmm. slams down his wedding ring in front of Joe and says, you know what? Bad dream. <laughs> I was like, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. If he would have yeah, just ripped some sarcasm off of that voice and mm-hmm. uh, made a decision there, the poor man would still be alive. I wonder how many times Joe had to like just quietly laugh and pretend that Travis didn't say something sincere. <laughs> probably, probably yeah, yeah. often. God, probably that must often. have been uncomfortable. So, Ty, you're, you said you have no escalators. You're you're perfectly no, 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 no. I'm good. Thank you. Okay, perfect. So let's move on. Uh, we've gone through my apology segment, uh, gentlemen. It's your turn. Um, we should, wait, what? <laughs> what? Here we go, gentlemen. It's your turn. Uh, I did again. It's been two weeks. I did a little side research project here, uh, and this uh, this particular segment is called "In Defense of My Wife." Okay. <laughs> Oh, no. Wait, did she listen to the podcast? Is that the she she, oh, come, on, come on, Dan. She hasn't listened to a minute of this. But uh, in case she does, I'm going to come off like gold here. Okay. Uh, in defense of my wife, you two gentlemen immediately dismissed the research of uh, my best friend, my my love, my, my partner in life, the mother of my children. When Yawn. she had told us that Saf's pronouns, uh, she, she mm-hmm. preferred mm-hmm. to use uh, – mm-hmm. He, God damn it. He preferred, <laughs> this is genuine, I swear. He preferred to use male pronouns. Uh, so I just did a quick Google search of mm-hmm. Tiger King SAF pronouns. It was presented with roughly 487 million articles uh, <laughs> where SAF has said that uh, he hopes that uh, his appearance in the show will help uh, people become more accepting of people uh, choosing alternate pronouns other than their assigned birth assigned pronouns. So you guys were wrong. So what I've done here is I've carved out, uh, you guys can decide if you want to use this time cumulatively or individually, okay. uh, six minutes total or each 
to apologize to my wife go okay um, i'm gonna start by saying i believe i'm on the record of saying i never cared um you might have been that i that i couldn't care less that might have been my exact words i i so no there won't be an apology (laughs) yeah Uh, let's trim out a little blank uh blank space here so here we go here we go yeah we can add blank space after but uh ty it wasn't just sass pronouns it was uh accusing my wife of presenting baseless information uh well, that was definitely me. <laughs> that was de- yeah, that wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, you get the duration of the six minutes. Go. All right. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Gemma, I mean, really, from uh, no, I don't care. Um, the <laughs> it was. Did you want me to just I, edit the six minutes out? <laughs> I did say that they were baseless, but I I definitely remember asking about what the source was, and to the best of my knowledge, the source was a post-it note. So I'm uh, I'm. I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. She knows what All right, guys. Ex- excellent work. You're <laughs> clearly as good as at apologizing as I am. Yep. So uh, <clears throat> I think we can put a bow on this and move forward. Uh, the next thing we've got to wrap up before we get into uh, Book of Dan is uh, that the results are in from last week's homework challenge. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yes, we had a few uh, submissions. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the exact question in front of me. Sorry, I should be better prepared. But uh, nine-year-old David Freeman of Irvine, California uh, – <laughs> We have sent him the Corn Tigers Home Edition. Uh, that comes with uh, one bag of marijuana, one bag of meth, four nails, three locks, and one uh, rubber flaccid 57-year-old penis, uh, courtesy of the good folks at the JBs. So, wow. Uh, if we can have him just message us. Yeah, was it Jeremy? To- Jeremy said? David Freeman. Da- David Freeman. Wow. Young, young Master David Freeman. Yeah. Uh, master David Freeman. Uh, I hope oh. you and your family get... Uh, all kinds of excitement and joy uh, out oh. of the Corn Tigers Home Edition. Uh, thanks for playing. You, Go ahead. You know, the, 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 now, the quarantine is really – I saw an article today about kids just getting more creative in the home because of the quarantine. And I think you're just giving these kids stuff to get creative with. You know, that's How great. creative can you get with a 57-year-old penis? That's right. Well, you're, I mean, you're not JB's, but that's – I mean, that's, that's terrific. I did say there's one more thing, but I did almost breeze past uh, G's mail. Uh, oh. Where we did, uh, as we do weekly, receive uh, a, a listener email specifically uh, from, I almost said the late great. <laughs> from the great. I see well, McCullough. Depending on when this death. airs. Yeah, you know what? I haven't heard from her in a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> the virus is out there, I'm told. Uh, stay safe, everybody, especially you, Giselle and Don. Um, what God, the fuck? What's happening right here? <laughs> We got an email from G. Uh, it's it's rather unrelated, but to to our content. But uh, apparently, this is just a personal messaging system between her and the three of us now, and she's taking advantage of it. So she sent to me uh, some pictures from an article. There is a, a gentleman who's been, I guess, around Essex County, which was uh, where the three of us met met our original stomping grounds. There's been a gentleman posing as a. OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police, uh, similar to a state trooper down in the U.S. to our two American listeners. They, uh, there's been a gentleman posing as an officer in a cruiser, uh, pulling people over and stopping them. And what she sent me was a side-by-side of this gentleman uh, next to Dan's LinkedIn profile. And oh, Dan, Jesus. I just want you to account for some of your time uh, <laughs> over the last two weeks. Or, or you can just... You're allowed to say you don't want to talk without counsel. Uh, my understanding is that's your right as well. We have jumped the shark. We have, <laughs> we have just, you just did a sight gag on a podcast. 
<laughs> yeah, no, there's only there's only two episodes left. There's only two episodes. We're good. Anyway, <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess if you wanted to reach out to me on LinkedIn to have relevance to this topic, um, no, actually, don't go to my LinkedIn. I'm, go- I want to- I'm going to put the. <laughs> I'm, I'm, keep put this- a link- I'm putting a link to the story in the show notes for for those who want to take a look That's at this good. picture and compare for yourself. <clears throat> well, if you do, you'll get like a slightly homelier version of what I I look like on an average day. Well, yeah, I include uh, that link and then also a link to Dan's LinkedIn. I don't know if that's a great idea. I don't. <laughs> now, guys. Okay, guys. Let, let's I don't just, let's just put a, a bow on this. But... I, don't, I would understand if you were at least a person of interest in this, but it's not. I don't think it's that. Uh, this guy's hair is way too thick. Your hair hasn't been that thick in 10 years. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lush That's a lush mane like Ty Roberts. Yeah, that's sturdy. That's really he good. He's the yeah. most follically blessed of the three of us, no question. Now, we did get, guys – uh, and this was crazy, and I did tell both you guys about this as soon as it happened. We got an email uh, that I'm referring to as Stranger Danger. It is from an actual person we have never met before who apparently listens to our show and, wait for it, enjoys it. Hey, now. <clears throat> There's no shame in that either. I mean, well, hang on. What's your source? Is this another baseless, cl- baseless claim? <laughs> well, it wasn't given to me on a post-it note. I did get an email to uh, thequarantires at gmail.com from Caitlin Eichler. Caitlin Eichler. I'm probably Should we be giving wrong. away last names on these things? Well, Should I did cares. already. Is so, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Caitlin, Miss Eichler. Um, Caitlin says, hey, guys, Katie from Allure, Ontario, lockdown and isolation, avoiding – Awaiting COVID results. I hope they're positive or negative, whichever one you're going for. Um, Probably negative. She says, you guys are fucking incredible. Listening to you guys reminds me of sitting with my best friends, passing a J, talking about whatever we feel like. You break it all down and give a good laugh at the same time. Keep it up. Stay safe. Katie. She goes by Katie. Sorry, Katie. I should have written the end first. That's very nice. Very nice. Uh, Thanks, Katie. Dan is probably high right now too, so this is. I know, am pass. not. It I'm, makes sense. A <clears throat> I'm just saying. No, I've got. Uh, well, you know, I've had a lot of tequila, but I'm not high. Well, uh, okay. It's uh, May 14th, 7 p.m. That's when we hit the big time. This is <laughs> Write it down. T- Write it down. Ty, you are worse than. Post-it. You are worse than Joe Exotic with his competing conspiracy theories. You said we jumped the shark literally four minutes ago. <laughs> and we landed and now, in the big time. And now you're saying we peaked. You can't go both ways, man. You can't go both ways. You <laughs> no, guys will be – yeah, it is. Katie, we're, we're very happy to hear from you. Yeah. Anybody else, especially if you don't know us, you know what? It's it's super weird and really uh, encouraging to, to put in the – a ridiculous amount of hours it takes to watch these shows and write all this stupid shit down uh, and, and plan some time. You it's know, we've all got family. So it's it's nice to hear some positive feedback, uh, especially from a stranger. Thanks, Katie. We appreciate it. Stay you know safe this, up there. You know what? Um, oh, is that well, me? That's you, Ty. You would yell at us for that at the end. Crack oh, jokes for three three shows. This is like, hold on. This is great. Really, hold on a second. Are you okay? Hold on, hold on. What I was what I was gonna say was, um, hey, I suppose we should wait. Oh, hey, Jesus. you're early. No, yeah. just yeah, okay, just get it off the truck. It's God, it's beautiful. I think you ordered a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm recording now, and if I don't finish, this thing isn't paid for. So we gotta, yeah, okay. No, Tracy will do the walk around. I trust you, Rick. Thanks. Did your oh, wife he- enjoy the uh, gift basket? Did he get a delivery from JB's? <laughs> That's awesome. No, it's my know. pleasure. 
Maybe hers too, but mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely from Jinkies. Yeah, okay. I've got like 30 seconds maybe. Just let me hear it start. Can you do that? All right. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Holy shit! <laughs> 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 oh my god, I never thought I'd something that could make that sound. Have okay. a great day, Tracy. No, I'm still wrapping up with you, alright? I have to be in here, okay? Oh, yeah, believe me, I am looking forward to driving. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Cheers, mate. Talk to you soon. Woo! Uh, <clears throat> sorry, guys. Mr. Roberts, you're back. Hey, sorry. Ty, was, that com- delivery from, was that delivery from JB's? Huh? Was that delivery from JB's? Oh, no, no. It was my neighbor. <laughs> what? Rick, your oh. neighbor, do you have a neighbor named Rick? No, let's just keep recording the show, guys. Sorry about the interruption. No, I apologize. We should, we should pencil right, on right. some time to discuss yeah. the sponsorship money. We I guess. Never really... yeah, I think Dan suspicious. should be the accountant. I think it's <laughs> Tiger time, isn't it? Is no, uh, we haven't no, had a reading from the Book of Dan yet. Dan, you want to oh, jump I'm in sorry. with that? <clears throat> All right, yeah. And of course, just a quick reminder why we're doing the reading from the Book of Dan is because IMDb, the summaries that Netflix provides are just completely misrepresentation uh, of, of what happens in the episode. So here we go. <clears throat> Dan Hurt tells it like it is. James Gerritsen gives a tour of his garbage store and shocks everyone by having the same haircut since he was a fat seven-year-old. The FBI shows up in a very smart-looking pantsuit, and Joe gets a tummy ache when he and husband know... <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> I was so close. Uh, <laughs> hang on, let me... <laughs> You know what? It's incomplete, but that's your best one yet. I want to hear one. it again. I, I, oh, no, I got <laughs> Let me just get the last sentence out. The, the words tummy ache just tickle me. Um, <laughs> that's a nice song if I ever heard one. Uh, <clears throat> oh, boy. And Joe gets a tummy ache when he and husband number six go on a genre-bending rom-com buddy road trip. There we go. <laughs> Damn, that was really strong. Thank you. Uh, I'm happy with that. I was happy with it too. Your job. I think you should just stop what you're doing. Yeah. Shut the LinkedIn down and just start writing these. I should put these on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Without further ado, it's Tiger Time. Let's do this, gentlemen. Episode six of The Tiger King Murder, Mayhem, and Madness is titled The Noble Thing to Do. I think it's. Uh, Follows up nicely with our message from last week or two weeks ago, last episode uh, from John Finley about just being nice. Let's everything's mm-hmm. everybody. Everybody on the show is just trying to find the noble thing to do. Yeah. Would you guys agree with that? Sure. <sighs> not at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll play along. I'll play along. <laughs> no, no, it's not at all. It's I can't believe that this group of shysters uh, all think that they are in the right. In just about any of this, the mm-hmm. one thing I want to address uh, before we go in, uh, we always—I've been trying for the last few to do a quick, spoiler-free kind of thousand-mile overview of the episode. Uh, but I want to address the main—the uh, tiger in the room. Was this <laughs> was this a frame job against Joe? Oh, was Joe going right there? I believe this episode starts and with really driving that possibility into focus the first minutes of low explaining his that the, the they them explaining that low had charges against him and so on and that he had uh, abused his first wife and la da 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 
it really made me think this is, and because we had mentioned it before that he may have put the antenna on the roof. It really fed into that idea. But then it tries to sort of take you away from that. So much so that when I watched it the second time, that beginning where they were really pointing it low, I almost had forgotten by the end of the episode watching it the first time. So it doesn't help Jeff Lowe. Um, he's, it's still possible that he was uh, very much involved in getting Joe in trouble, but it's not without Joe's own help either. Sure. Dan? I think they've successfully framed a criminal idiot. <laughs> that, that's fair. You know, it sounds like sounds like both of those things can be true, like as we say from time to time. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> that they did absolutely set him up. I mean, both both of them were admittedly uh, working with the feds in various respects. But I guess to 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 boil it down a little further, my que- my exact question is: Did Alan and Jeff completely bait Joe into giving him money, knowing that it was never going to happen, and that they were just going to get him arrested for it? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think that's li- likely. Yeah. You think it's more likely than well, you not? think that he was going to kill? I mean, I mean, he's the trusted confidant of Jeff Lowe. He gets in the car to go help a guy that he hates. Um, what for a few thousand bucks? I don't Ten, know, ten thousand bucks. Yeah, it's it doesn't a sound. And then he and then he doesn't do it. He just takes the money and blows it on. Uh, hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? It just seems unlikely that he would ever been, in, been inclined to take the money and complete the job he wanted. He hates the guy. So I, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm completely undecided. I wish I could. Hmm take a hard stance one way or the other, but I bounce back and forth and I have several times since I watched the episode and through subsequent, subsequent rewatches. Um, so Ty, you, you touched on kind of what happens at the beginning. We see uh, Fred Durst, sorry, Jeff Lowe being <laughs> sentenced in Las Vegas. Um, he is told that his sentence will be vacated if he can stay clean for the rest of the year. And that took place on an April 5th. So that is a a sizable chunk of time to stay clean, especially when you're immediately going to travel back to Oklahoma and find out Mm -hmm. that uh, your partner has had a federal warrant issued and your partner is withholding bank statements from you and is clearly involved in some shady shit. We learn extremely early on that Joe forged Jeff's name on 20 cashed checks for money to uh, misappropriate towards his gubernatorial race. Gubernatorial race. Yeah, extra goob. 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 He put some extra goob on that because uh, condoms with your face on them aren't cheap. I had a thought about this. Sure. Stop me if I'm way out of line. Condoms on your face, much cheaper. So I don't don't (laughs) deny that um, that, uh, Joe used park money to pay for campaign stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second time, especially that I watched this, don't you find this? Obviously, this recording was done on purpose to be yes. evidence against Joe. Yes. Um, Lowe doesn't even really seem mad if you really watch it. He's yelling. He's throwing his arms up in the air. But I don't think he's – I think he's putting on a show. It's a show for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that everything uh, he's prepared to show Joe in the show is a, is a prop. And so I can't really – put too much weight into how accurate any of that is. I think Joe's dumb enough to potentially get fooled by something there. So I don't know how much of it's real, how much of it's not. 
Um, how much of it's just made up shit by him? How much of it was just him setting him up? It's tough to call because, I mean, it's a, it's, I can't believe Joe was dumb enough to fall for it, to be honest. It's just well, crazy. Yeah, I had written that the ass reaming seemed like it was completely for the cameras, regardless mm-hmm. of if everything he and, was and saying was you- true. Don't you think Joe's kind of reacting to it like it's way out of the blue, like he didn't see it coming at all? No, Joe I says, think he's acting guilty. He says, don't worry. He says, I have everything covered, Jeff. That's his response to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just seemed like a deer in the headlights reaction to me. I didn't, I just thought it kind of came off to me like this is not something he's used to seeing from him. Sure. I don't know. but Well, I me. mean, maybe because he hasn't. Maybe because Jeff just got, you know, bailed out of prison or, or jail for, for whatever the charges yeah. were. And he's- I think Jeff's strategy was to go in there put the fear of God in, into him and record it. Um, yeah. Try to get him to sort of half-ass admit to some of the shit that he was putting into his face and get it all on tape and, and scare Joe. And I think he accomplished all those things, but yeah. how much of it was actually based in reality? I'm sure, I'm sure that some of it is, but I have a feeling it's been taken to the next level just to, do you think that was the first time that Joe exotic saw anything on paper that indicated that the park paid for campaign stuff. It seemed to me like it was. But. No, because he was the one generating those documents with his partner's signature on them. Like he knew all that was there. But my, my, my counterpoint to, to kind of what you're saying is think about how hard we've seen Joe fight absolutely everybody who has ever tried to take any other control over him or his park or the business. And he fights tooth and nail. And this time, when confronted with what we saw and maybe more, we don't know. Um, his reaction was to burn the computers, sell the tigers. Like he abandoned his life because Ooh. of this. He walked away, which is fucking crazy for a guy who calls himself the Tiger King to abandon his identity over these conversations. It seems to me like this must have been absolutely true. Now, I, if what you're saying is that maybe Jeff oversold him on his accountability and uh, potential culpability and all this and what his potential punishment could be that I don't know. And maybe he did. And maybe Joe was just uh, scared. So he was going to run from that. And uh, that was not even, I, I, I don't know. I guess in my mind, I couldn't see Joe even keeping records uh, to the point where they'd be clear enough to be used against them. But maybe he did. Uh, you know, to me, I think that, Lowe just walked in there like a prosecutor and just hit him like a freight train and he didn't know what the hell. I think it worked perfect, but how much of it was based in reality? I mean, he forged his signature 20 times. Lowe went to the bank first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. he like he, brought, he probably brought receipts to this conversation. Plus he's saying things like, and the feds are looking after you and I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. And I mean, you know hard to believe that part of the story like when he talks about when jeff Lowe talks about the conversation he had with his girlfriend about them looking into joe it just seemed too like like you could just picture them sitting down having a tea oh what did the feds want did you oh that's all i know is the feds were looking into him (laughs) yeah give me a break that's not how it went down jeff's involvement with the feds switching between a target of investigation and a cooperator of investigation seems to bounce back and forth a few times. And it is to me, the most confusing part of the episode is, is he part of the plot? Is he a cooperator 
trying to help? Like, is he a target or is he a witness? Well, I he's definitely like he, motivated by having Joe out of the picture. I mean, it, it oh, would absolutely. make sense he's, he's going to cooperate. Yeah. Instigator yeah, I, is a possibility. Yeah. Instigator, that's, yeah. That's fair as well. Just a small insight from my from my perspective. It seems like, okay, so I am – I think – that it's not unrealistic that Joe looks at Jeff as some sort of weird father figure because uh, he came in, saved his ass, and sure. he he's a, he's a godly sort of figure in the park and all those sort of things. And the last time Joe had a falling out with his dad, he tried to kill himself. You remember that? So yeah. like for, for him to completely be like, I'll just abandon everything ever, that, that could track, you know? Daniel. Daniel, that's a deep dive. I like it. Uh, not bad, right? It's well done. That's an excellent callback. I never uh, that didn't register with me, but uh, kind of makes sense. I mean, I, I, it doesn't not make sense. Excellent. Um, yeah, doesn't well, not make sort sense. Of thing. Dan, People nice work. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll take that. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Joe, still though, despite the fact he says to Jeff in that conversation, he's like. He says, let's take it off. I'll move. He means let's take it off of the books. Let's uh, kind of re- recook the books. And obviously he ends up uh, recooking the books in a literal fire pit and just mm. burning everything that has any type of records. And he says, I'll move. And uh, Jeff tells him, move, move, do it. And I'll run the park the right way. And we, we immediately get a cut to uh, Ty's best friend, John Finley, uh, who says, Jeff was getting ugly in front of everybody. I'm like, I, and I didn't really agree with that assessment. I think nobody here, nobody in that world has ever seen anybody stand up to Joe in front of everybody. I think mm-hmm. Joe maybe reacted the way he did because, again, he's not used to ever being anything but the alpha in that within those fences, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it just it, it throws me off how uh, his whole reaction was just to immediately, uh, you know, tuck tail and run. Because that's just not been his personality on absolutely anything. But I, I guess what you're saying, Dan, it, it does kind of track back if we equate this to, you know, his father saying, I'll never love you. I'll see you at the funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, look at who he chooses for, for, for a mate. It's constantly young dudes, right? So it's mm-hmm. – uh, maybe. I'm just, just kind of drawing parallels. So maybe you guys know how um, – Ah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Michael Jackson, uh, you know, never had the chance to grow up. And that was his excuse for hanging out with nine year olds all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, maybe Joe just never grew up, you know. Now, Dan, you say excuse. Uh, What do you think his real motives were? (laughs) I know. I I believe him. You know, I think they just did like hot air balloon rides and water balloon fights. And what are those euphemisms for, Dan? (laughs) <laughs> mostly you know, low, did, diddling little boys i guess yeah. low, oh, Jesus. oh i was hoping to save you from that um <laughs> low is um isn't it interesting that Allegedly. low chooses to be here though this is where he's spending his time like he he's he's a guy that likes to be king of um you know he'd rather be the top of the totem pole than the bottom of another totem pole you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he's 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 at the absolute top of the food chain at the Joe Exotic uh, GW Zoo. Mm-hmm. But uh, out in Vegas, you know, he keeps getting kicked out and busted for putting tigers in his suitcase and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, that's where the real sharks are would swimming you, around. Would you say uh, mm, Jeff Lowe is potentially uh, gunning for the spot of Tiger King? <laughs> yeah, I think he's <laughs> set his sights on Tiger King. On the which, crown. Coming from Vegas um, – 
not the loftiest goal, but it seems like he's going to get there. <laughs> so Joe immediately commences his uh, his disembarkment from the Tiger World by behind the scenes organizing, getting rid of uh, several tigers. He ships out what is it thirty? We see t- I see twenty eight and a half thousand dollars on a ledger. Uh, that took place over two days worth of tiger sales. And we hear from Marsha David, one of the employees, that they transported a bunch of different animals. And she thought that – she says we thought that we were helping Joe. Uh, she says that in a way uh, that makes me believe that she's learned something different since. Uh, she, and Joe had convinced them that Jeff was just there to take the park from him. Garretson, we do find out uh, – Garretson has an interesting quote where he says, Jeff didn't have to take the park. He already had it. It was his park. Joe was just working there. And all of Joe's conspiracy theories kind of don't make sense when you start to boil them down and fact check them. So I'm just, I don't really know where his head is at at this point. And, but I, I think he tried to sell hard that he had clearly been wronged and he tried to rally his troops on the way out to assist him specifically, not the park and, or the Tigers. I think that's the most important part. None of this was about helping the Tigers. It was get money into Joe's pockets because he's about to disappear. Don't you think it was weird how Lowe just sort of seemed to stand aside and let him do it? Yeah, that was odd. I, You know what? Maybe it was a cheap way to get rid of a problem. Sure. Mm. It's not yeah. like they're short of tigers there, and and well, they maybe, maybe too they, many. Uh, he, he mentioned tiger, that he was going mean. to take all the money cats, right? I mean, yeah, that was Rinky said he's, he took all the cats that are worth three to four thousand dollars a piece. Yeah, which uh, I I thought that was cheap, like to buy a tiger. That seems cheap, you, doesn't it? Are you in the market? I, well, if if they're that cheap, <laughs> I mean, like, why not? You're you're gonna want to you're gonna want to get a bigger backyard. Yeah, you're going to want to yeah, – and, you know, safety-proof the house a little bit, a little yeah. baby gate. No, no, we got gates up because, uh, yeah, my, my one-year-old daughter, we got lots of gates up, so that'd be fine. Oh, yeah, it sounds you good. You guys are all set. Yeah. <laughs> you're tiger ready. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff openly tells uh, Joe he's going to kill him, and everybody seems cool with that. Hmm. You know, that's interesting. Yeah, he, he does. Um I, it does seem a little extra blustery, doesn't it? Because when, <laughs> once you just kind of un, un like put the facts on the table in front of Joe and say, "Hey, listen," because he does, he, you know, he says, uh, "You you you took sixty thousand dollars of the parks funds and you spent it on condoms and and flyers and shit. We need to do something about this." And then so then Joe runs. So I don't think Joe is running from Jeff. I think Joe's running from all the mistakes that he was too stupid to have not done in the first place. So, so him running makes sense, and and it just—I don't know—maybe Jeff's given him some extra little piece to 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 run away from, but it does seem excessive, doesn't it? Yeah, he literally just destroyed the man. Well, it didn't destroy you. Took from him his his life's work, rightfully or wrongfully. I'm not yeah. judging one way or the other, but uh, it's a little it's a little salt in the wound. Uh, yeah. By the way, if you come back if you come back to this place you built from the ground up, I'm gonna blow your head off. Uh, my my only note on that was calm down, bro. <laughs> it's just a common it's a property thing down there i'm pretty sure yeah that's i think that's just true. a standard thing you say if somebody steps onto your property that, it's like a greeting like a, a greet a regional greeting yeah yeah you don't use it on the ups guy or anything it's just if somebody you don't recognize shows well, up to your property you threaten to blow their head off yeah whoever's delivering your meth you want to give them a little bit of leeway. <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, we. I want to make sure we don't uh, forget to mention because I don't want to ask you later. <laughs> it's a segment. It's okay. This is. <laughs> uh, we got a new music track in this 
uh, area of the episode. Mm-hmm. Do you have any notes on that? I didn't. Uh, no, I, I was really hoping one of you guys was going to hop on. So that. this is goodbye. My biggest thrill. I think mm-hmm. the name of the song, I think, was my biggest thrill. So this was um, sort of his music that he played in the truck as he drove to an undisclosed location in Oklahoma mm-hmm. somewhere. And uh, I just wanted to mention it's a nice little tune. Check it out. I did, The only note well, I made. Uh, go ahead, Dan. Well, I was going to say, the, I, I made a note just as far as the time frame goes, that this was approximately at least two piercings prior to when the uh, the documentary takes place as, as to when this video was taken. <laughs> it's like cutting open a tree and counting the rings. <laughs> Did you... Were those piercings on his penis? I didn't know. I wasn't counting. <laughs> well, if you go, if you get the extra extended version, yeah. Uh, okay. No, it was just his his ear that has third. You know, well, it's got four piercings in most of the documentary, but in this video, it's got two. So, no, I, I did. I did find it just absolutely insane, though, that his he thanks his fans as being his biggest thrill. Yeah. How, how many how, fans? Uh, is how this guy soon have? after he arrived at the double wide in the Oklahoma field um, before he started writing that song? Do you think? Was that that the was a question, and that, that's that's the only question I wrote down was, was this recorded after all this, or is this just a convenient lyric that was cherry-picked from an existing song? No, this is before. No, guys, this is this is what I'm saying. This is before, because his ear only has two piercings in the music video. <gasps> Case closed. Yeah. No! Yeah, that, that's why I thought it was relevant, because it is a timestamp of sorts. I was going to throw out a, a whole page of notes about his theoretical uh, <laughs> writing session. <laughs> Theoretical writing session at the double wide with uh, whatever his name is. Well, there goes that bit. Okay, bye. Sorry. Sorry. So we do hear, though, quickly, uh, right before the song from Ty's favorite character, Joshua, a former campaign manager who's still around for some goddamn reason. He's a good kid. He's a good kid, you know? He says, whatever Jeff Lowe told him scared the living hell out of him. Joe was gone. Just gone. The question I, I, I would ask of that statement is, does he still not know? Like, he kind of references it. Does, did he never find out until kind of this documentary was being filmed? Like, it's, it's just an odd uh, – it's oddly phrased. Well, I mean, uh, I didn't assuming- somebody ask him while he was still there after Joe left because it kind of flies in the face of his previous reasoning. <laughs> yeah, yeah for being a campaign point. manager. Yeah. Excellent. I can't I'm, leave. I just I have an emotional now. attachment. <laughs> well, we don't know that he's being interviewed uh, – on site, I guess. Uh, some I haven't of these shown interviews up to a shift at Walmart in six months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joshua also says he won't tell anybody where he's at, not even me. And I said anybody except the full documentary film crew following him around Oklahoma. Yeah, there's them. <laughs> no, well, he they're... took them in the back of the truck with bags on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is, yeah, Josh doesn't have enough cameras to uh, get access to Joe. That's probably the issue. And I, you know, if there is a victim in this whole story, guys, and Ty, I know he's not your favorite guy, but I really feel bad for Josh. You know, he just, he, he is bonded so deeply with Joe and he's oh kind of heartbroken now, you know? He's broken. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Joe at an undisclosed location in Southern California. Uh, Joe's quote to summarize the current situation and so, his wait, reasoning. Southern Oklahoma. What did I say? Sorry. California. Oh, yeah. Southern Oklahoma. It's different. Totally different place. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe's statement to summarize the current state of affairs just blew me away and kind of was my immediate flag where I just thought, okay, uh, this guy's obviously guilty as shit because (laughs) he knows that these camera people and these documentarians know all of this stuff. They've been here the whole time, right? 
they were here before he left and after he left. And they obviously have connections to have the facts of what's going on. And he still comes out with, uh, there's just some things that I'd rather be left unsaid. Some mistakes were made. Some attitudes got out of hand. Rather than argue or be accused of stuff, I just decided to walk away. And I was like, he's walking away. My thought was he's walking away the same way OJ was walking away down the LA highway in a Bronco. Like that, <laughs> that's not walking away. No. <laughs> I'm just you washing think- my hands and walking away. Is, that's all. <laughs> Do you think as part of that uh, that interview, uh, Joe at any point asked them to store all of their footage in his uh, crocodilian shed? <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Crocodilians. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Ding, ding, ding. Th- th- thanks for teeing that up for me. <laughs> F you, Ty Roberts. We do hear a lot from Eric Good, the documentarian, kind of for the first time since episode one, the first couple of minutes. We hear him directly questioning uh, Joe specifically. He mentions to Joe, he's like, you don't seem like your regular self. And Joe kind of says the most revealing thing about his mindset and his feelings. He says, you know, 20 years of blood, set and tears, every dime I had, and I wrote, and his parents, he says, I'm done. I'm Mm -hmm. done. So this is a man who has given up. He's, he's walked away from his dream. The Tiger King has abdicated the throne, gentlemen. Um, wow. Wow. How do, we, how do we feel about this? Did we see Carol this coming? Won. Victory Carol. Yeah? You're calling Vict- that a Carol victory? Yeah. No, well, she broke the man. I mean, it's uh, he, without her, he doesn't give anything to Jeff Lowe. And, uh, I mean, she put him in a place where he made a c- critical mistake. She made him desperate. She cornered him. Did she? Yeah. She made him negotiate uh, payments. And that's why he felt obligated to bring in Jeff Lowe. I totally, right. I, again, I didn't tie that together myself, but I totally agree with Ty. I think that's a great, uh, great explanation for kind of the chain of events and how they played out. Mm-hmm. I think um, the next thing that happens uh, right after this is one of my absolute uh, TV pet peeves when it's done on a fictional show. And I, I had to pause the show. I was so upset when this happened on a supposedly real life documentary. Joe did a fucking fake TV throw up where you only spit out the contents of your mouth and pretend that you've thrown up. <laughs> you think that was fake? Oh, hundred percent. He, well, Dan, when's the last time you ever threw up one ounce? Maybe he's not a big eater. When I throw maybe up, maybe he recently had his stomach pumped <laughs> last Tuesdays. <laughs> Gay joke. Oh, too far. Too far. Last Thursdays. <laughs> Do they pump the stomach? I thought they pumped other. If they're big enough. I don't know. Oh, how, I don't know how it works. <laughs> Maybe that's an epic. You're a listener and you know how it works. <laughs> the quarantangers <laughs> at gmail.com. My I was I was briefly speaking with uh, my sister-in-law who uh is this related? Is married, is married to my other sister-in-law in a wonderful gay relationship before this show. Shout out to Jody Ryan. And she told me that we have missed uh, dozens of opportunities to make home run lesbian jokes. And oh. I had to explain to her that as uh, three straight white men, uh, we're limited in our range. Mm-hmm. But uh, legally it's nice speaking. Yeah, legally speaking. It's nice speaking. to see yeah. us uh, stretching our wings this episode with some gay jokes. So good job for you guys. Oh, hang on a GD sec. <laughs> <laughs> we're going for a different God broad audience than she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, you know what? We need a write-in segment then for Jody to to give us a couple like one-liner zingers <laughs> yeah. where for the last episode. Yeah, 
No, 100%. Uh, yeah. Jody, you will be listening to this before I speak to you next. So <laughs> send me something. Just, I'm not talking to you until you fucking listen to the episode. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to make right? it happen. Is that how you operate, Craig? She is one of our uh, champions on social media, guys. So Jody Ryan, share that. Oh, she, thank you, Jody. she shares every episode and tells all her friends to listen. <laughs> uh, that explains our uh, female to male audience ratio. Oh my it's God. Like, it's like 70 to 30. It doesn't it does. make sense. Wow. My wife doesn't even want to listen to me. I don't know what all these other women want to listen to me. Well, they want to listen to Dan, the dulcet tones of Dan Hurt. Dan, say hey something sexy for me. Hey, ladies. Yeah, yeah it works. None of them care. It works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird, hope, eh? It never worked hope, when you needed it to, but here we are. Y'all are having a good night. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now we, I think we've jumped the shark. So, uh, oh, well, okay, hang on, hang on, because go ahead, go you, ahead. You, you're, you're saying that it's a fake throw up and, and maybe, but he was the sweatiest person I have ever seen. And, and maybe it was from riding in the truck, you know, uh, maybe they didn't have the AC on and he was sweating through his shirt, but he was super duper sweaty just before maybe he it's threw summer up. in Oklahoma. Okay. All right. Craig. You live in Texas. Fine. Town. fine. It's, you know a, what this it's is. a, the whole thing's a sham. It was 120 there. And that son of a bitch fake threw up in front of a documentary crew, and I'm not going to let that shit stand. He could have done whatever he wanted. It was a fake throw up. I don't know. Ty, okay, Ty, Uh, what's your thoughts? You know, I thought he just spit, but let's let let Craig have this one. He's passionate about it. Fine, fine, whatever. Nobody nobody (laughs) fucking cares about being accurate anymore. Ty, Ty, I appreciate that. And we're even, we're even for the Travis RIP. Thank you. This is why nobody <laughs> oh, well, trusts you. the mainstream media, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trade-offs. Backroom <laughs> deals. Okay, so uh, we start to hear from Alan. Alan, who we find out uh, shortly, was the contracted killer. Uh, we asked back in the first episode if we thought we had met the contracted killer at that point. We, we had some guesses. Uh, the answer was no. We just – we met him last episode. So Alan uh, says – he thought that he was more powerful than everyone because he was the Tiger King, but that was all just in his head. Kind of relating back to the mm-hmm. fact that he didn't even own the park at this point. He was just – he was a figurehead. He was an entertainment yeah. you know, piece to the park. He was not a necessity. Um, I said – and that kind of reminds me of Joe versus – the Joe versus Kirkham conflict and learning – and when he learned he wasn't in charge – Everything came to a very dramatic conclusion. And it seems like that's what's happening here too. Uh, Joe has realized uh, with a smack in the face that he is not in charge at all and that people are coming for him and he has no power to wield in this anymore. So he's tucked tail and run. We learned that it must not be a crime to take money and uh, agree to kill somebody for it. Uh, as long as you don't do it, that is, yeah, I don't understand. So, I never, I don't understand that part of it. As a result of that, I put up several Kijiji ads. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Do you want to? Do you want to say what neighborhood you live in? That way, people know where to look. No, oh, yeah. no, no. I just want them to come buy it naturally. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we we get a quickly uh, we get a hidden cam venture into the GW Zoo, um, where they ask that same Marsha who talked to us earlier about the. Uh, exodus of cats the overnight mm. exodus of cats no different uh, and, gal and she, yeah she no it was it was the same marcia i went back and double checked well no they show us an interview with marcia the gal behind the register was not marcia according to the uh the words at the subtitles? bottom of the screen Sub- subtitles, the, subtitles jesus subtitles, christ it said yeah. marcia unless it's just a different marcia so marcia was doing an interview 
So they're different ladies. Marsha was interviewing at the same time, and they did kind of uh, like an editorial cut where her audio comes in. Over top. Uh, okay. Well, after. No, after. So I'm just – I've actually queued it up, and this is at uh, – well, how far are we into the episode? 12 and a half minutes. Uh, guys, we're only 12 and a half minutes into this fucking thing. we got um, time. But yeah, they're – God, they look like ve- they look like different women. They look like they're about fifteen years different and a few pounds okay. heavier. One of okay, them. Okay, yeah. well, well, I will. Uh, I will defer to you. You've obviously done your research. I feel like. Well, I feel like just. I, I feel like acknowledging this and just moving on is uh, the noble thing to do. Well, I feel as though it's important as to why I'm so confident about this is because I spent a lot of time just confirming the, these these ladies in this situation because Marcia. Uh, yeah, Marsha David, who is identified as a zoo employee, has a really one of her tattoos is a really tasteful uh, Confederate flag and a shamrock on her her uh, her right okay. breast. So that's what that's does that just, tell you about her? Well, she's not afraid to uh, get a tattoo. That's I guess it's true. Yeah, I just thought that was an it was it was it was a classy choice, you know, because a little, little little something little peeking out the shirt there. <laughs> That's all. That's all. I don't really have anything else to say about it. We get our we get our only uh, our only line from uh, Mr. Cowie this whole episode, where he says that the word on the street, and it's funny that they all seemingly still don't know at this point why Joe left. Uh, we start to hear about the rumors. Word on the street is that Joe left to get his ass out of trouble. And again, these people still don't seem to know why Joe left. Uh, Joshua says the day after the day after Joe left. Uh, Jeff and Lauren pulled together the morning meeting and they said, look, Joe Exotic is going down. And in brackets, I put, and not just on Teenage Boys. Um, (laughs) Instantly, I was thinking, Christ Almighty, what has Joe got himself into? So these people who live with this guy, who are at his beck and call, just blindly help this guy borderline liquidate his facility, knowing that there's going to be almost nothing left behind for them. You know what I mean? Like, is their job still here if Joe has just run off with 80% of the fucking inventory or whatever it is? Ah. Or, you know, the, the money cats? Like, they blindly help this guy uh, with just no idea of what's going on. We hear from Rinky, who's now living at a hotel. This is the first shot of Rinky outside of his normal interview setting. Mm-hmm. He's also now shaved the goatee. So, it's clearly uh, – there's clearly a time jump that is never really accurately uh, described to us or referenced. And he mentions that there – He's heard the rumors that Joe had used money from the zoo to run for president and governor. Um, and he also may be nervous just about getting his ass kicked. Uh, I guess what do we think was the what, – what is Joe's main motivation for running? I mean, Ty kind of talked about it earlier. You know, Go ahead, Ty. You know who should know all about Joe's motivation for running and seems to not know anything? Your boy, Joshua. Joshua Dial? <laughs> Captain Walmart there. I think you have, <laughs> I, you have a different interpretation of their relationship than Dan and I do. Well, he's, he, look, I mean, uh, he's he, he's running the books, isn't he? He knows where all the money's coming and going from. He's the he's the campaign manager. I mean, he should be running too. Why is he in a truck driving a, an undisclosed location? I think that does go uh, go to help explain the aw shucks look on his face as he's trying to say, <laughs> I just. Uh, what did what did Joe do? Yeah. <laughs> Are you telling me he didn't buy those condoms out of his own money? Yeah. Because I was under the impression that he did. Yeah, you guys are picking up a ton of stuff that was just right over right over my head that I just completely missed. So that's that makes a lot of sense as well. Then Rinky gets to the first uh, the first real mention of uh, the murder for hire here. 
uh, from anybody outside of that immediate uh, group. Uh, supposedly, I guess he hired he's he solicited somebody to kill Carol Baskin. I'm just saying this from hearsay because I don't know this for a fact. I'm almost <laughs> positive that's why the feds are sniffing around. I mean, we've all said it. Somebody needs to kill the bitch. I can't tell you how many times we've said it. You know, nobody's ever just really said how they're going to kill him. They just said, I wish somebody killed that bitch. I wish that bitch was dead. You heard it. You heard it a lot from everybody. I've, I've said it before. I wish the bitch were dead. So to summarize, they all wish the bitch were dead. <laughs> and I totally get what he's saying. It's, it's to, to borrow a political uh, reference. It's mm-hmm. lock her up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's lock her up. Yeah. Whether people legitimately wanted her in prison or whether it was just a slogan against yeah. somebody, right? Everybody mm-hmm. was chanting, lock her up. And there was a range of meanings to that. Well, it, this is locker room talk as far as I'm concerned. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and it's both locker room talk and a perfect conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, obviously – They've been talking about this for years. He's yes. been blowing uh, effigies heads off. I mean, this is uh, there's no surprise. I mean, that's not the crime. It's almost not even worth well, talking about. Well, the question is, it. if that's not the crime, how much more serious does that have to get before it it's considered? Write a check and write in the memo, kill Carol. I don't know. I mean, they got him on something. I, th- this is what gets me. I don't know. I mean – What's his face is living in a trailer in the woods, uh, scot free, and uh, Joe Exotic's in jail. So they yeah, got I him on something. I absolutely need an explanation for why Alan is just walking free and still helping yeah. you know, move forward. It does, that does my not mind. make sense to me at all. Uh, the dude with the teardrop tattoos sitting pretty. <laughs> so we hear from Saf, and uh, he says, mm-hmm. uh, Do I believe mm-hmm. that Joe hired someone to kill somebody? No, Joe doesn't have that in him. Uh, she then lists several disgusting things that Joe has had in him. Uh, but they cut that out. She doesn't have that in him one bit, but I do believe that Joe had conversations with someone and said, man, I wish Carol was dead. Absolutely. He said that a hundred times. And we're kind of led down that path to be like, hey, this is just, this is, that, like I said, that locker up. This is a chant around that place that everybody yeah. says it because you're part of the team and you all Kill fucking hate Carol Basket yeah. and that bitch needs to die. And it's it's a rallying cry almost more than it is a, you know, a legitimate a statement of I want to see that person deceased. Only then are we immediately introduced to Mark Thompson, one of Joe's security guards, who is the first person to say on camera that he believes that Joe was actually asking him to murder Carol Baskin more than just a, wouldn't it be great if that bitch were dead? He says, one time I was at the park and Joe said, Hey, I hear you can take care of a problem for me down in Florida. And I said, what problem would that be? And he said, Carol Baskin. I said, no, no, I can't. I can't. And I won't. And he said, when you're around him, you see sides of him. And then we get him grabbing his, when I go, when I go psychotic, this is my Tampa gun. So I don't know. I, I, I'm so split on whether this guy is legit. What do you guys think? Uh, I, okay. So I think it is strange that Alan was, was so willing to do this for someone that he despises, but they all might have their own motivations. Maybe Alan was looking for some money or saw some money and, um, or... I mean, why would Joe ask him to do it? Why would you ask somebody who, you know, well, it sounds like he's him. asked everybody. Like it's a numbers game. Eventually somebody's going to say yes. I think it's just something he does when he gets drunk. 
I, I don't think he really, you know, he's high or he's drunk all the time. He just starts well, yapping about, hey, who wants to kill Carol? He's probably uh, stumbling around on the grounds. You know, he's probably been in a few dinners, a few co- bars, a few, and this has been brought up probably hundreds of times. And they probably got used to him doing it and said, well, I wonder how far we could take this with him. And this is what makes me kind of feel like it's a slight frame up job. I can't excuse Joe completely, <laughs> but it, you know, if you know, this guy's MO is get smashed and start talking about killing Carol, but never act on it. He's an easy target. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could, you get him rang, riled up. He's got, you know, he's got cash in his pocket and maybe you can make something happen. You know what I mean? But it's almost entrapment in a weird way. I was on board with that. Uh, I felt like these guys were prodding him to get there uh, it, mm-hmm. up until a certain point. And I do, I did make a specific note along there. I was like, oh, this is it. I'm out on any type of Joe Defender. And when we get there, I'll, I'll point it out. But uh, I, I was I was having the same thought process time where Joe has told everybody I want to kill her. And if two guys like, like Jeff and Alan were going to the quiet parts of the park to discuss, you know, their glaring liability of Joe and how to get rid of them, how to get rid of him. And you needed to find a way guys, you know, who are established felons and yeah, you know, that's have the, the other, knowledge that, in this that's the area other component to it. Right. I mean, if you and I were talking about how to get rid of somebody, we'd be talking. What do we call them? What name do we call them? Uh, these dudes have been into some shit. I mean, yeah. they go straight to how do we get him to pay us to kill someone? <laughs> you know, and then uh, you can have a great weekend somewhere at a truck stop with the 10 G's for real. Yeah. That's a lot of cocaine. I assume. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the next part we get into is the hidden camera into Garrettson's store. And, uh, Dan, I'm going to pass this off to you because, mm. uh, Dan, another home run on the opening poem. Uh, that mm. was our third opening poem. They mm. are a personal favorite segment of mine. I hope everybody else likes them. They're incredible. Uh, you. you reference this in your poem. So if you want to handle this scene, uh, dive in. If you want to defer, by all means, let me know. Well, this is actually the second time you've confused me referencing something in the poem for the IMDb, the Book of Dan. So, uh, but but that's you know that's neither. They're both yeah. so goddamn poetic, Dan. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> here, here's what I found was really strange: was uh, James Garrison has a store, and it's filled with just the most random shit in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really weird, right? He has like twelve pairs of shoes that are on sale. He's got a sign that says "sale," pointing at twelve pairs of shoes. It's ridiculous. Um, anyhow, so the the director walks into the store. So you've already been interviewing the guy. So why don't why why a hidden camera? Okay, fine, a hidden camera. But then then he walks in. He's like, hey, I think I wrote it down because the first question was how's business. The second question is, hey, I heard somebody. I heard Joe tried to kill Carol. Is that true? <laughs> this like, happens what? all the time. What? What? <laughs> and then and then so this is obviously this is deceptively edited, but. Um, yeah, it's just, it's the silliest thing in the world. And then he continues to tell all the stories. Like, he looks like the the loser kid that's constantly trying to impress you with his lies. Does he not look like that kid? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A sci-fi villain, but yes. 
<laughs> He's a combo. The um, comic book guy from Simpsons, but evil and redheaded. There you go. And a bit of a loser. Um, yeah. More so. But a- anyways, yeah, I, I feel like uh, it's just the, the silliest thing. And uh, apparently he he was at the meeting and he took notes about this meeting, about where him and uh, or Jeff and Joe discussed how to uh, how to kill Carol and where they would do it. It sounds like Travis was there, too. I didn't get I didn't see the minutes. I don't know who takes minutes at these meetings. <laughs> But um, I they just fire up. They just fire up Google Earth and they fan. They they simulate. I think. I think that well, was the most interesting take, though, was yeah. that he did. He does specifically. Uh, I like to use this term, as you guys all know. He did specifically finger Jeff and Joe. <laughs> uh, both of them. It always works. It always yeah, works. Those stubby little things. I doubt. Yeah. Oh, Do you man. think that's what Jody's talking about? Like the uh, the 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 opportunities that we have here for fingering jokes. Maybe. Well, for lesbian jokes, I guess. I don't know. Do you think only lesbians do fingering? Oh, Jesus Christ. I already read if this. If only I lesbians do this. fingering and you know for a fact, please email us at thequarantigers at gmail.com. Is it too late please to prove. back out of this podcast uh, effort? <laughs> no. No. Um, Can so, I quit? So uh, the big thing is that he did finger both of them, Jeff and Joe, <laughs> as both of them were trying to get Carol whacked. He doesn't say just Joe. He does say both of them. And we learn, obviously, very quickly that he was uh, – it's a little later we find out that he was a criminal informant. But he lays this all on the t- – this guy is – this guy yeah. is verbal diarrhea. Like you It's point, no filter Garretson. Yeah. You ask him a question and he's going to tell you everything and more. <laughs> How's business? Well, he fucking tried to kill her. Really? <laughs> Look my at my monkeys. Take- yeah, my big takeaway from Garrison was never trust the lemur. Like, they've got lemurs. shady paperwork. They warned us about monkey guys right at the beginning of this thing, episode yeah. one. You know, this this goes back to what I was thinking earlier about the cats, like how they sell on these cats. Like, how do you keep? How do you keep, do? They have like a, a VIN related thing for a cat. How do you? I just don't know how one goes about selling and buying. If anybody is selling a cat, I'm interested in buying a tiger. I guess I'm just that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Oh, yes. That means it's time to thank our official sponsor, JB's Personal Massagers Warehouse. Hey, massage fans, don't forget that special lady in your life. Introducing JB's Special Lady Gift Bag for only $89.99. JB's Special Lady Gift Bag is an incredible deal and includes one T1000 Special Lady Edition Personal Massager, one standard Shamrock Shaker Personal Massager, one dinner voucher for a family tray special for five at Schwarmer Safari, one JB's Sounds of Social Distancing album on CD and download with 14 hits, Eyes Without a Face by Billy Idol, Signs by Five Man Electrical Band, and many more. And one bottle of girl. Stop by JB's today and give your special lady a gift she'll never forget. The women in our lives are the world's hardest workers. Grab them a special lady gift pack for their fur burgers at JB's Personal Massagers Warehouse. Back to you, Craig. Wow. There's a lot. Uh, there was a part in there I didn't quite, uh, I didn't quite catch. Um, what was the shawarma tie-in this week? Oh, yeah. It's part of the special lady gift pack, Craig. And it's one dinner voucher for a family tray special for five at Shawarma Safari, oh. included in the special lady gift pack for eighty nine ninety nine. Back to you, Craig. Okay. I wasn't <laughs> sure either if it was a gift bag or a gift pack, but it sounds like it's a gift pack. Oh, a, yeah. No, listen. Your special lady is going to be happy. Gift package, parcel, maybe. I don't know. And a bottle they, of Earl. Are they? I don't know. Earl. <laughs> Is that shawarma sauce? What is that? No, it's just a roll. And now you can use it for whatever. And no one's <laughs> no one's telling you what to do with it. <laughs> I think they're implying a couple of things to do with it. <laughs> no, listen, it's just there. You you decide. 
Is this another opportunity for a lesbian joke? <laughs> Probably, but let's just... <laughs> it's just there. You decide what to do with it. Okay, okay. Should we get Oof. listener feedback? Like, should we get Katie's thoughts on this? Like, Katie, what would you use a, a bottle of Earl for? Well, I don't know if we have Is that, that kind of relationship yet with Katie. No, I, I, I don't be. know. If yeah. you, Craig, if you hit me with their addresses, I'm going to send them to special lady gift packs for helping us out on the Facebook. <laughs> That's <laughs> extremely generous, Ty. And uh, we're probably going to have to talk to police. If you start sending our dildos to female listeners, it's going to fall apart quick. It's a personal massager. It's different, I think. Uh, well, it depends yeah. on what you massage with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know what I would, personally. Um Anywho, back at it. So we talked to, we hear these guys actually discussing <laughs> the, Jesus, these guys discussing the method and the, the scenario in which they would kill Carol. They've got it narrowed down to her bike path. They know she rides there. They've got a Google map uh, image of it and they start to get into uh, a few specific details. Uh, Joe offers Alan a crossbow. He's like, no one will hear it. You could just shoot her and then get rid of her. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that. They're they're getting their murder tips from like Skyrim or something. You know, it doesn't make. <laughs> you, don't, you don't kill silently. Oh, you get nerd, you'll get stealth points. Nerd level exposed on time. Well done. <laughs> yeah, well done. just remind me of a video game. She'll ne- they won't hear her screaming, blue bloody murder yeah, in the middle yeah. of the forest with a freaking arrow a- through it. They won't hear as a, you know, stifler on old school. You got a yeah. fucking dart in your neck. It's just screaming. Yeah. You're going to have to hit her in a very specific place for that yeah. to be a completely silent death. No, Alan seems like a steady hand, though. This guy's the coolest oh, yeah. cucumber sniper, provided yeah. he's not rocking out on, you know, four grams of Coke. I mean, even a freaking deer makes a sound when you hit it with a crop. <laughs> it's true. What sound do you think uh, Carol would make when hit with a crossbow? Versus, what sound would she make uh, with her new special lady gift bag? Go. <laughs> if she, if she was with a crossbow and she was wearing her... Uh, Dan dove right in, and I appreciate it. If she was wearing her con- go- visiting Congress outfit, she would go... <laughs> just instinctively. Oh, that, that's, that's a... That's a that, you know what? We, we've been to Joe's bedroom. I don't want to go to Carol's bedroom. You know I mean? <laughs> oh, God, no. I yeah. just... No, leave me out of it. How many uh, little things of potpourri you think are in there? <laughs> none. Probably like none. Equal, Potpour- yeah. equal to the levels of piss. things of Earl. Yeah. <laughs> essential, essential Earls. <laughs> essential Earls. They're all Earls, essentially. Yeah. So we hear from Alan, and Alan tells Joe – uh, oh, hold on. So just Jeff says, Joe came to me one day, just out of the blue, and says, do you think Alan could kill somebody? And this is his great – this is a great answer. He said, is he capable of it? Of course. Who's not? Who's not? Yeah. yeah. Who's oh, not? I subscribe Hashtag to that Yeah. Hashtag Avi. And then Alan had said, yeah, I'll cut her fucking head off for you if you want. And how is that where he that. goes? How How is that like the first place he goes? You know what I mean? Well, we find out he's got a teardrop tattoo, which we've alluded to, which yeah. means he's a cold-blooded killer, obviously, because I think you have to submit evidence before a tattoo artist will take your $7 yeah. and put I a tattoo know, on you. I want to know what you have to do to get a Confederate flag shamrock tattoo on your boob. That's like, <laughs> what kind of Nothing. level criminal are we talking with this? As long as you're willing for it to be upside down, you can do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> What? They're symmetrical. Uh, oh, so that was brought, the joke, but I noticed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like Dan missed it, so I tried to help him out. 
<laughs> so I'm operating on a different I, plane. I'm sorry. At this point, I kind of realized that these guys were like, at best, they were just fucking with Joe. But at worst, they were legitimately baiting him to be charged. And that's kind of yeah. where my mindset was at this point in the episode when he says, I'll cut her head off if you want me to. He had mm-hmm. no, you know, he, he was trying to get this guy riled up. Um he already Finch. had his truck stop weekend all planned out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had his camouflage suit packed and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I think we hit the one point where these guys finally saw a real opportunity because Joe Joe exposed himself, for lack of a better term. And he let everyone see the glorious metal locks hanging from the end of his flaccid cock. Oh. Um, no, that was a different scene. Joe exposed himself by sharing a Facebook post to the world. Under his personal account, where he says, I finally found where the bitch lives with a Google satellite image of what we believe it's not, I think, specifically confirmed, but seems like it's correct, is Carol's home. There was also another little side reveal. I'm going to hijack this a little bit. So after we see the Facebook post, there was a post above it that uh, was the previous post on Joe's Facebook page where he says, I can't wait to see my cats, my kid. And my husband, thanks. Thank you for all your support, always. And I underlined and highlighted and bolded and did everything I can to make sure I don't skip over my kid. Because does Joe Exotic have a child that we just have not seen to this point? And wouldn't that insinuate there's been some sort of uh, uh, male-female relationship at some point, potentially, or possibly a surrogate or something along those lines? Hmm. You just you think we couldn't be as involved in this Part of me just assumed he was talking about his boyfriend, but I... But he says my kid and my husband. Yeah, I don't know. I just missed that. So I, I looked it up, and it, it's not kangaroo. That's Joey. Uh, so apologies mm-hmm. to our Australian listeners. Uh, I should have known that. You don't have but- to say listeners. I think it's just one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was a goat. A kid is a baby goat. Yeah, okay. But I don't think he would call that out in a, in a Facebook post. So, yeah, that's weird. That's super weird that this is the first we've heard of this. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to Google that because that seems like a huge potential uh, spoiler alert for potential upcoming things. And I just Wait. won't Google Joe Exotic. I, I've got an idea. I have Does an Joe idea, Exotic guys. have children? <clears throat> Joshua Dial. Guys, <laughs> I think Joshua – and he's, he's, he's checked in on him at Walmart constantly. Maybe this is why he buys so much – uh, ammunition and explosives because he just wants to be with his kid. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, I'll buy this. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> it, may, it certainly seems that way. Yeah. What, what's his end game there? Is it just father son relationship, or is he? Uh, oh, he's rekindled. To, yeah, I mean, they're trying they've, to get a little. They've atoned. Is he trying to dial in on Joshua? If you know what I mean. Oh, that's oh, creepy. No. no, it's his own son, man. That's even Joe has lines. Does no, he? I think no. he does several a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so okay so yeah J- joe makes the worst mistake ever by putting this on 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 facebook like just every day every everything he does it's like oh for god's sakes come on man what are you doing yeah he yeah, seems like he's he's never i mean we know he has but he seems like a guy who has never uh run anything by a lawyer and said is it okay I- if i do this I think I'm going to I think I'm going to go back and listen to episode 1 and see just how exposed I am in my support for Joe Exotic cuz I feel like I really was rooting for the guy hard. Yeah, well they that's what they did to us and I think Ty was the first one to pick up on how manipulated you know we were being mm. um where he was set up as the lovable goofy tiger everyman uh and then they made everyone around him look like huge a-holes mm. before they exposed what a huge uh, a-hole he is. Mm. 
I have to think about Bob Sykes, a-hole. I, I know he's terrible, but I just still have this soft spot for him where I want to see him just kind of get out of the hole he's in. You know what I mean? Because I just <laughs> – I, What do you mean by that, Ty? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, I just think that he's a guy that, you know, I I don't know. I guess I sort of bought into the idea that he genuinely wanted to – that he had a rough life. His dad was a jerk. He, he lost his brother. He wanted to he, – he did dedicate the park to his brother and, you know, he's – I don't know. This isn't the guy I'd hang around with, obviously. I just kind of. You know what? At one point in time, I bet he was a solid dude. Yeah. He was I, a I kooky, crazy, solid dude who loved to have a good time and play with yeah, guns. A, I bet that's who he was one. 30 years ago. That was episode I think, one. <laughs> I think yeah. the problem is that he was a king in his world. And yeah. they, they say absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And in Oof. his world, he had absolute power. Until he almost, didn't, but that's almost too much power for one man. Yeah, I mean, he was—he created a, a like this island planet where he was sort of. He married the top. two straight dudes. I've, yeah, yeah. No, like you how can do that. Are in, you in yourself? Yeah, in Joe world. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's what it boils down to. He just, you know, he got too big in his world. He didn't break out of it and stay sort of. He, there was no ambition past what he became that guy, even though he went into politics, I guess, but I don't know. It just, I, I think in his planet of people that he spoke with, he was the top of the heap. So that is power and some, we wouldn't want it, but it's the power that he took. So, yeah. So to this point, I wouldn't say that uh, Jeff was by any means, uh, you know, in lockstep with Joe or on his side, but I think that this is specifically the point, where Jeff begins to actively turn uh, on Joe and actively try to uh, work to incriminate him. Um, we find out that he asks Garrettson to send a, te- a text to, uh, to the Baskins to offer all of the dirt he has on Joe for half a million bucks. And he's going to give 20% of that half a million bucks to uh, to Garrettson just for sending the text, so he obviously feels like there's some culpability there and needs somebody else to uh, to get involved. Garrison's like, "Fuck you, yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it always cracks me up. Okay, yeah, bro, I got, I got this. Um, and the the Baskins immediately send that to law enforcement, which is, I mean, seems like the normal thing to do. So then the the next call that Garrison gets is from the uh, what is it, the Fish and Game mm-hmm. people. Was that yeah. the uh, – I had yeah. him down. Whereas of the fish and wildlife uh, people, which I imagine they come in wearing like eagle T-shirts or wolves or something. <laughs> um, and Garrettson gets pulled in and tells him, you're in a lot of fucking trouble because he bought a lemur with bogus paperwork, is, which the, is the story. Yeah, that's the story that I heard earlier. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Like yeah. how much trouble can that get you in? Yeah. And Enough, the best thing apparently. is – they tell him that, and he goes to his own, own lawyer, who is like whatever the Fonzie's name is on Arrested Development. It's like they got your fucking ass hammered. Yeah. It's like that's extreme. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you don't want to fuck with fish and wildlife. What are you fucking crazy? <laughs> you didn't get a fucking license for that lemur? Are you nuts? <laughs> it's like you. It's like uh, listen, uh, you know whatever his lawyer's name is. Uh, I got this ticket for for jaywalking. Oh, you're gonna fucking hang for that. Hmm. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it, it seems a bit much. So whatever. Uh, Garrettson kind of weighs his options. Uh, he says he hates the government, but uh, he's like, what do you do? I thought about it for a couple weeks. 
do I want to get involved with this? I thought it was the noble thing to do. So I signed up to be a confidential informant, which just proves uh, to me anyway, uh, law enforcement does not come off great in any of this episode, that hmm. they will take fucking anybody as a confidential informant. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> what I hey, think happened is the- he he begged to become a confidential informant. That's what I think happened. Maybe. I, so he he seems like the sort of person, and Rinky calls this out. He says, um, if he's involved, it's only to save his bacon. Like that's that's the only yes. reason Garrison gets involved in something. And Garrison seems like the sort of person that's always explaining why he only had one course of action. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, the, well, I could only do this. What else could I do? But no, he's just he's so full of shit. It's unbelievable, I bet. And Rinky also says he uses a specific phrase. He says he had so much uh, to get out of that he had to come up with mm. all this mm. undercover Ooh. stuff. Ooh. Ooh. Right? He insinuates that he's making stuff up to save his own ass, which is obviously a risk with any type of confidential informant who is uh, you know, relying on uh, themselves to generate information that is going to be used to both prosecute somebody and to uh, generate leniency in their own now, charges. Now follow me here. Oh, let's do it. What if it was his idea to get this $10,000 check cut? <laughs> you know what I mean? Get him drunk at the diner? Yeah, could have happened. Yeah. We, they're, they're smart enough to figure that out. If we give them a crime, I mean, Fish and Wildlife hasn't bagged a murder in a long time. <laughs> not of we, people. Anyway, yeah, not if, people. We, if we get them a real live person about to be killed, they're going to get me off of all my lemur shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with I'm done with lemurs, son. <laughs> I'm done with lemurs. I don't want to look at another fucking lemur again. These guys are ruining my life. All their paperwork shit. It's just a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Lemur doesn't know how to fill out paperwork. Um, um, leaping around. Yeah. <laughs> fucking sit down, Zabu. Uh, so Joe, we hear we from Joe from kids. prison. Yeah, Joe says this has nothing to do with that lemur. James, he makes some some accusations here. James is the mastermind behind illegal credit cards. Uh, Obviously, uh, Garretson, James, never mentioned that. He sold Rinky a stolen Hummer, which to me is just the strangest story that kind of hovers around this episode that never gets sorted. I love that Um, this Hummer just keeps getting brought up. (laughs) Stolen Hummer. Some. I think how many times do you think of people have sold shit under the false uh, story that it was hot? I mean, there's a whole Seinfeld episode about this. I think uh, <laughs> yeah, is it hot? Is it hot? Yeah, that's a hot Hummer. Okay, all right, all right. So I'm getting a deal because it's stolen. <laughs> Garretson gives the biggest non-answer to when he actually tries to account for that. He says, "If I sold, a, if I sold a, a stolen Hummer, don't you think I I would be arrested or something?" It's like, no, that's not <laughs> how that. it always works, asshole. <laughs> not, not when they got you on lemur shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna swim for that lemur shit. Yeah, you're gonna be swinging like a lemur. They're not fucking <laughs> stolen Hummers. Nothing. You didn't sign that lemur paperwork, you stupid son of a bitch. Here's a little side game we're going to play here, guys. Uh, Joe refers to Garretson as a walking Chucky doll. Name that movie. Uh, Child's Play. Child's Play? Child's Play. Ah, Ty wins. Ty wins. Damn it, so close. there was uh, a further movie, uh, I have level two of this, called The Bride of Chucky. Mm. What was the name of The Bride of Chucky? Well, the actress or... No, the character, the mm. little doll. Did anybody see Bride of Chucky? 
No, no. I just know Jennifer Tilly was the gal. What was she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give you four points for that because I didn't I didn't know that either. Uh, the spouse was Tiffany Valentine. There you oh, go, Tiffany. Um, if you want an enjoyable read, go and read the Wikipedia synopsis for the first Child's Play movie. Uh, I wanted to cancel this episode and just do a Child's Play review after okay. reading this paragraph. It is the most <laughs> bonkers fucking shit you could possibly imagine. Wow. Uh, it's not obviously real life like uh, like this is, but uh, it wow. Wow, mm. somebody needs to do a review show on Child's Play just based on this. Oh, oh shit. Ty, is everything okay? Is that my yard? We're getting more background noise, oh, Ty. Sorry, again? Ty, hold on. Oh, God. Oh, Did you schedule everything? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey! Cut it! Hey, Ty, turn it off. Cut the engine. What the hell's going on? You guys are a day early. Oh, I thought Tracy was trying out the JB shipment. <laughs> no, you're breaking ground tomorrow. Turn it off. I think this is on what purpose. What is going on? Turn it off. I think he's making big JB bucks and he's yeah, not trying to. Yeah, you're in the right this. house, Angelo. Yeah, I'm Solar- Yeah, Solarium Close Pool Grotto. Thank you. Solarium? You Jesus. You can start today. No, I don't have a problem with you starting today, but it's got to be like, I don't know, like in maybe less than an hour I'm recording. It's 7 yeah, o'clock at night, record, Ty. You don't, you don't get paid, Angelo. Okay. But, uh, okay. I'll try to wrap it up as fast as I can, but I know I've got paperwork that says you're here tomorrow, so maybe we'll discuss why you're here interrupting my work, too. Hang tight, Jesus. Angelo. Keep, That's why keep I don't all the crap him. off until I come back out, okay? Or you can leave and come back tomorrow. Talk to my wife. I think she's busy with the JB shit. <laughs> Ty, is everything guys. okay over there? No, Everything everything's okay? fine. Everything's fine. Was that your neighbor. neighbor again? Was that Ricky? Hmm? Is that your neighbor, Ricky? Uh, no, I'm, Ricky? No, my neighbor's... No, no. Listen, it's fine. I don't want right. to get name? too deep in the weeds. Um, no. Which side? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Look, it's the north side of the house, uh, guys. I don't want to get into it. I apologize for the eruption. We'll... That's all right. It sounded like you wanted to get out of here in the next hour or so, which what? sounds like an admirable. It sounds like the noble thing to do. <laughs> when are we going to transition the accounting over to Dan? I guess this is an unrelated question, huh? No. <laughs> no well, you, you know, can't. N- you need never... my permission. <laughs> but I don't know why that's relevant here. Um, do you anyway, have a we recipe talking... for cooking books? Anybody have recipes? Here? We got. Uh... <laughs> So this is entrapment is what we were talking about, right? Uh, <laughs> Something like that. Can we save our own here. audio on this or do you own all the audio? Lemur. <laughs> Just keep it out of the crocodilian, Jed. Lemurs. Uh, okay, everybody so knows. Howard yeah. gets a warning from the FBI that there's a credible threat. Uh, Carol says there's always been a credible threat. Obviously, she believes that. And then we get our pantsuit princess, uh, Amanda Green, makes her first appearance. Uh, the federal prosecutor, Amanda Green. Um, now the lesbian audience gives... is gonna love her. <laughs> it's it's got to be the haircut. Well, it's not. Uh, I, I mean, she plays in a lot. Of, I think she's she's got appeal across many spectrums. She plays no, little, I dig her. Were you gonna say yeah. softball leagues? <laughs> <laughs> Man, if we only had those precious lesbian jokes in the mail, <laughs> <laughs> I think I just got one. Um, so she does. She 
only steps in a couple of times and kind of explains where the investigation was at at various points. And never at any point does she give me any confidence in the government's ability to yeah. uh, handle this. Well, I just I, I like I think she's terrific. I, I really think she handled things well. <laughs> Ty, um, I know how this feels now. <laughs> she reminds me of a young Laura Linney. You know, if I was to be honest. Oh, my God. Everybody, Laura Linney, Laura Linney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Look, she she does what feds do, I presume. Uh, she talked emotionlessly and professionally, and it gives you the air of uh, confidence, yeah. and she knows what yep. she's doing. Ten um, out of ten. But that's pretty you much bet. all we know. I mean, she we know that she sounds like she knows what she's doing. <laughs> Fact. So does Joe Exotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We hear from Garrettson and said, first I heard he was going to knife her, then a gun. Joe didn't really get into a lot of detail. He was leaving that up to the hitman. When I talked to Alan, he was mean and nasty. He said, if anyone rats me out, I'll kill every one of those motherfuckers. Said he was drinking and doing a lot of cocaine. And I said, this is exactly what I want to hear from my hitman. And this is great marketing by Alan. I think he's really nailing the role of, hit, the, the role of hitman. If, uh, if, if he was ever really going to do this, um, I don't think he would be so openly talking about it with absolutely everybody. Uh, it, this made me lean more towards this, again, was a complete setup. Mm. Mm. Now, I think it was around this point, according to my notes, that uh, as has become quite normal for her, Carol chimes in around this point in the episode to uh, give us expert advice on how to she would kill her if she had to kill herself. Yes. <laughs> I mean, she's just so good at it. <laughs> Here, I've got a note here. Uh, Carol tells the story about a man approaching her at a gas station. She wondered if she was about to be attacked and if she should turn the gas nuzzle into his face, feed him to the tigers, take his money, and ostracize his family. Yeah. Yeah. No, hold on. I got my stories crossed there. I got my stories crossed. (laughs) And then leave his car with the keys in it at an airfield. At this point, Alan Glover disappears. We we are given a quick shot and uh, a... R.I.P. Armadillo is uh, a quick note I had in here. Uh, poor guy was just dead on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they didn't. The fish and game guys to Garretson says, "What the fuck is going on?" They lost Alan Glover, a guy who is believed to be suspected to a, a, commit a murder in the near future, and they just lose him. He's being watched by criminal informants in his direct, you know, inner circle, as well as federal agents, and they lose him. Well, he was well, probably wearing his camouflage suit that he was talking about. <laughs> He's the only one that can see himself. Um, ditching tactic among uh, criminals is to drive on the interstate and ditch the feds at a strip joint, trucker strip joint. Uh, the feds will go in the strip joint. And you immediately leave. They'll be distracted by the uh, various uh, ladies, and you just drive away. Mm. It's on the internet. You can check it out. I read it. It's a standard tactic. Write that down. Strip joints. Mm -hmm. That's where you ditch your fed tail. Strip Mm. joints. And what is it at the strip joints again? That's alluring. The the uh, trucker strip ladies. Uh, Trucker strip ladies. Yeah, lot lizards. I believe. No, those are prostitutes. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know this. the exact terminology, but you, I know the basic you sound idea. Like you, know, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you've Googled it, at least. Remember, I'm driving to Florida from Windsor um, as a young sure, adolescent yeah. boy. You it's always so look fit. forward to the uh, We Bear All billboards that they used to have. There's about, <laughs> about 4,000 of them on the way yeah. from Detroit to Florida. <laughs> uh. 
So Alan had disappeared. They finally managed to track him down. And uh, with a text message, Garretson sends, sends him, I said, I thought you'd be sitting on a beach by now. And he says, things change going back home. Tired of this shit. So we, uh, do we think he chickened out? No. Or, well, I mean, all the alternative is that he planned to do that from the get go. Yeah. And I guess saying? we just keep addressing that over and over again. Well, yeah. So, I mean, he has a teardrop tattoo, as we've discussed. Um, mm-hmm. So he's at least he's able sad. to get a tattoo. I mean, yeah, he's just permanently <laughs> sad. Um, I don't know. It, it seems like even if he, so he talked about going to prison when he was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, he'd mentioned a couple times since, or somebody said he was in prison a couple times since too, where he's had several run-ins with police since. I don't know. I, I feel as though murder is something that if you're coked up, it might seem like a great idea, but if you sober up on a drive from, you know, three States across, maybe you're like, eh, maybe it's not a great idea. <laughs> So, is that the voice of experience, Dan? <laughs> what do you think about when you're cooking? Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying if someone were happened to take a road trip from Dallas to Louisiana to like the New Orleans area, there's enough time to really come to terms with some of your emotional baggage. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, yeah. But it, you, didn't, you didn't directly yeah. uh, answer the question about your, your coked up experiences. If I tried to kill somebody, don't you think you guys would know? I don't know. Hmm. That's the Hummer thing. Wait, he just did the Hummer thing to us. Did I? Yeah. What did I, what did I do? He did. Yeah, you used Garrison's mm, lives on the Hummer. You just gave us a Hummer, you son of a bitch. All these business trips. Uh, wait. That's not going to work as a lesbian joke. <laughs> so, it, in this uh, section of notes as well, I know mine aren't yeah. as detailed as yours. I'm no, n- noting in. entrapment um, that the feds are undercover trying to hand Joe a potential hit on a silver platter. And there's a point in the story here where he actually doesn't pull the trigger. Um, didn't they give him a text um, that he just didn't reply to? And that's why they were sitting on it. He was in a holding pattern and not being arrested for forever. He never pay- he never made the payment. That, w- that was the hitching point. Oh, that's um, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. They said he had to actually hand over money, which, I mean, doesn't seem like a Joe Exotic strong suit is uh, handing over money, especially when the purse strings have been tightened. He can get. I mean, I think he proved in this episode he can get money quickly if he wants to, if he really wants to. Well, when they finally get him is after they bring in the uh, the the secret agent, whatever the I forget what the proper term is, an undercover agent to pose as a hitman mm-hmm. who's willing to do this. And we're shown some text communications, uh, and a couple of things happen here where this agent, uh, for example, tells Joe. Go and get some burner phones. Go and get a, a burner phone. And earlier in the episode, we hear Jeff give the burner phone as an example as to why he thinks Joe is guilty. And there's some kind of circular mm. logic in here uh, that happens a couple times uh, at this point in the episode where uh, Joe does things at the direction and the nudging of the agent that other people have referenced as, well, obviously, if he did that, he's guilty. Yeah, it's like but this is I've done that, right? This is I have such heard a, this in a number of places that the FBI does this. They find these rubes and basically tell them to they 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 keep nudging them down the path of murder and suicide bombings and these sort of things Jesus. instead <laughs> instead of just being like, hey, are you sure you really want to do these sort of things? Maybe let's not do that. They're like, oh, do you need a pipe for your bomb? Let's go. We can buy, <laughs> I can sell you a pipe for your bomb. These guys always do that, it sounds like. Yeah. Just say pipe, pipe for your bum? 
for, for your bomb. No, not for your bomb. Good Wait, Lord. is this? Is this? Hang on, hang on. Is this a Richard Gere thing? Is that what this is? <laughs> that was proved false. That's fake oh, news. Okay. Again, this is another reason, Craig. We have a we have a responsibility. Podcasts are considered an essential service right now. We need to treat it like that. I'm working from me? home. I'm you with know, you, Dad. Uh, we're not in the studio right now. Thank uh, you. In uh, New York City or wherever our fictional studio is. Uh, oh, the JB Studios. Yeah. <laughs> the acoustics in there are amazing. I don't know. I might have a surprise for you that? guys. No, nothing. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> we hear uh, Joe give another set of specific – oh, sorry. Payment. Payment was first. Uh, Joe tells the agent he can pay him 5000 up front, at, fr- up front easy, and another five k when she's dead. And I, this is, was my note where I said this is where I stopped feeling bad for Joe. And it's about him clearly being led down the path. People could, you know, people could walk me up to a store with the windows busted out. But as soon as I hop inside and start looting, it's my fault. You know what I mean? And Joe has, Joe's passed the threshold with me where I I feel bad, where I feel bad for him uh, because he's making decisions now that there's no coming back from. Um, Offering payment to this guy uh, up front and when she's dead. And we find out later that he did actually offer those same terms to Alan and shorted him. (laughs) And we're led to believe by Alan that that was maybe part of the reason uh, that he didn't do it. He kind of briefly alludes to it. It's like, I was supposed to get 5k. He only gave me three. And if you're going to go murder somebody and you're taking this incredible risk for your own freedom, with your own freedom. Like you're the one gambling here. And the only thing you're going to get for it is money. And the guy who's supposed to pay you has already stiffed you. Mm. Is that motivation to just turn your truck around and go to fucking wherever it was, South Carolina, he took off to? In this world, it might be. I don't know. It's just so goofy. <laughs> that, that is the correct answer to every question we've discussed on the podcast. Yeah, time. honestly, like, yeah, I guess I could right. see it. At the same time, like, I don't think – the thing I don't like about this story is the person that he gave money to, which we presume is what why he's in jail right now, mm-hmm. is an enemy of him and was an enemy of him before this started. This is what I don't like about this because – He's even, got a small circle. Right, but even if he – like, for example, to this Fed plant who he's texting back and forth, okay? He can discuss money with uh, for killing somebody all he wants in that conversation. And until he actually sends money over to that guy, it's just a fantasy and he's playing around on his phone. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't know – it's not real unless he sends – I could just – I just have a, a, a vision in my head of Joe in his room high as hell texting a thousand people at once – <laughs> and just not even really invested in any of it. You know what I mean? Just chat, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just, just fucking around playing, just being stupid and staying shit that doesn't even make sense or matter. And, and this is just one of those conversations until he actually sends money. It doesn't have to be in a sober state, I guess, but I would prefer yeah. it to be if he, until he sends money, then he, then he really hasn't done anything except play. I mean, people on the internet, joke. Yeah. people on the internet, Everyone has this in their in their DNA. They could, should be able to feel it quite easily. People on the internet aren't real until they're in front of you, right? Yeah. The shit people say on YouTube comments and Facebook comments and all this stuff is mm-hmm. 90% of it can be stuff that you never say to or do in somebody's real face, right? Specifically people's reactions. I think the way to easily tie this back to everybody is how do you feel about the, lit- the leader of the opposition of your favorite political party? 
Mm. Like whether you're a, you know, a Democrat and you're talking about Trump or you're a, uh, a Republican talking about whoever's at the head of that party at the moment, if it's Biden or if you still, or, or even you know, this, or even this, ones. like people you, use such vitriol because it's not a real person who's in if, front of them, who they've yeah. met. But even if you've met somebody who you've allied with on the internet, who you don't know at all, other than that conversation, at what point are you okay with sending them five grand? Yeah. You're not because they're oh, not I see real. What you're saying. You know what I mean? I, Sorry, I thought you were talking about Joe's relationship to Carol, not necessarily Joe's relationship. With, no, uh, no, the person Joe's who relationship to, to this Fed plant who he who was gonna he was gonna hire to to kill her. He ultimately didn't take that route. He went with the the devil he knows, which yes. I find kind of suspicious because if it was somebody who wasn't already established as somebody who's out for Joe it would be easier to believe, right? Sure. But that's just what makes it difficult is because I don't know the circumstances of like, – and that's why I made a joke earlier about him writing a check with a murder in the memo is because <laughs> how the hell do we know that – that because you presume it's a $3,000 in cash that he hands from A to B, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't trust somebody to testify against me who's been an enemy of mine my entire life or the entire time I've known him. And, but do you uh, think the government would move forward without having that be a provable fact? They, like, oh, they've got know. a convicted felon as their prime witness and they have no paperwork to back it up? That doesn't sound like a case that's going to court for me. Well, I think, you know, I think they've got recordings of dumb conversations and a bunch of shit and I don't know what. Well, what we find out next actually is is a quote from Amanda, from Amanda Green, everyone's favorite uh, prosecutor. Uh, the government doesn't have any evidence that Joe obtained any of the phones or the pistol. And certainly he didn't give any money to their agent. Right. My thought was that they brought in the agent specifically kind of because of what you're alluding to um, and that Alan would not, was not going to be, even if he did if things did progress, uh, Alan's not a good star witness. You put Alan up there, the guy with the teardrop tattoo who's been in a, out of prison and mm-hmm. admits he has a Coke problem and he's going to recount stories for you and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, or do you put a federal agent up there with recordings and stuff? I think they realized their case was weak <laughs> and that's why the federal agent was brought in. And even though they did that, we do find out that things kind of screeched to a halt. Joe did not progress to the point the 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 break point of putting money in somebody's hand to make this happen these guys once they get deep invested in something it's the, i'm talking about the feds for, to just drop it is i think difficult for them to do i just don't think the system is built that way and sure. we've already identified joe's lawyers two episodes ago as being absolute idiots um <laughs> but at least just smart, at least smart enough to make sure they're not I directly identified in this documentary. That's all. Yeah. We know for sure. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? Like the if the federal government has put this much time and effort into a case, and Joe's going to stand up and defend himself with uh, whoever the hell he's got on deck, it just seems like he's going down. Whether he really meant to kill this uh, woman or not. I think the it's this bitch, I think, is how we have yeah, to uh, refer yeah. to her. And I mean, that's his fault. It's his fault to the extent that if you don't want people to think you're ready to murder somebody, don't talk about it all the time. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if he feels actually cornered into that because he's just talked up the game so much. Yeah. It's a and he's snowballed. constantly talked about it, but he never actually meant – well, maybe he probably meant it like a little bit, like, you know, just a hateful way, but – um, yeah, maybe he feels like he has to. Yeah. Became, yeah. I mean, it became his shtick. 
Yeah. That was sure. his act you know, on, yeah. that, on that dumb show. What was he going to talk about? I mean, he, was, he wasn't going to be Carol and go, oh, little Susie got her bunny today. And uh, little uh, Tigro the tiger, he, he ate a bag of bologna and he loved it. And uh, that wasn't going to be his show, right? Yeah. that was His show was just bitch about Carol for 30 minutes a day and call it a day. Do you think he had sponsors? Oh, for his internet? <laughs> Not like we do. Oh, maybe. Yeah. What does that mean, Ty? Nothing. I, I, like the quality of our sponsors as far right. as their business yeah, relationship? exactly. Or their contributions to the show? No, they make a great contribution to the show. Um, you were going to say they make a great product, weren't you? <laughs> no, they make a great you contribution. You personal massaging son of a bitch. No. <laughs> they bought me my um, little microphone for from Amazon for $20. He has sounded more relaxed lately. I'll Super say relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, there's Jimmy's a lot of noise great. in the background on this particular episode. I'm sure you edited all that. Get up. your special lady in your life, a JB special lady gift pack. Order today. I like the Shamrock Shaker. I, I want to look into this. It sounds interesting. <laughs> what was the What was the final line on this one? I was wondering where how, what they were going to come up with, and it was it was solid. Oh, it was um, it was uh, the special lady in your life's a hard worker. So hard grab worker. something about um, a special lady gift pack for her fur burger. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I really wonder that like the, their copywriter who who actually puts those together because they uh they do have a way with words they got um, money they got cash that's well that's it that. maybe yeah i haven't seen anything it's gotta be it so in a bit of a mixed timeline moment garretson says when jeff gets back from vegas and that happened twice now in this episode it's referred to twice at two very different points uh this episode clearly does not take place on a linear timeline. So we find out Jeff came back from Vegas and talked to Garretson, who told him a couple of things, uh, quote unquote, in confidence. Like, I'm working undercover with the feds <laughs> and they know about the plan to kill Carol and they know everybody involved, yeah. <laughs> which coincidentally includes Jeff. Now, if yeah. I were Joe Exotic's lawyer, this would be a key point in my defense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to, uh, you know, I wrote my, my note here was this stinks. <laughs> if He's- you want everyone in your neighborhood to believe that you are bigger than JB's thingamabob, just tell Garretson and tell him it's a secret. Mm-hmm. Everyone will know within mm-hmm. a week. Yeah, I mean, can't, why the hell isn't he in jail? When you become a confidential informant, I am pretty sure not, it's not a lemur form or anything, but I'm pretty sure you sign something that says, keep your mouth shut or you're in a lot of shit. You know? Yeah, especially the, the, the big conflict here that I see is that Jeff is supposed to be one of his targets that he's tracking. Mm-hmm. That's what he said very early on. But instead, he says, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a confidential informant watching that thing that you are specifically involved with. And mm-hmm. just like, oh, why didn't they come to me? And he tells them they want to. Well, it sounds like they want to to arrest him up until this point. But then suddenly, like we're watching fucking WWF or something, he just switches teams and everybody's cool with it. And considering like he almost facilitates the relationship between uh, the gun for hire and Joe. And yes. I mean, this is, a, this is a throw the case away moment for me. In this show, like this is whether or not Joe happened to be doing anything, this has gone too far into pushing him to do it, especially when Jeff has that knowledge that this is what's happening behind the scenes with the feds. Mm -hmm. This should this case should be thrown out at this point. So there's got to be more to it. If if Joe's legitimately in jail, there's got to be a lot in this last episode that we're not privy to yet. 
the uh, next we hear from Rinky, who shares a similar thought about Jeff as he did um, about Garretson, where he says, I promise you he's trying to squash that bullshit by feeding them Joe. There's a motive behind their madness. I promise you. And uh, this is always back to goatee Rinky in, uh, in a trailer instead of a hotel. So the interview timeline, like I said, would be interesting to know. And it's kind of, it, it threw me off probably more than it should have. Cause I just, I don't get when all this is happening relative to each other. Uh, any of these statements can be chopped and moved around uh, to make things seem more or less incriminating. And it seems like they've obviously gone for maximum incrimination on everybody uh, at all times. <laughs> so are we at the reenactment yet? No, we're almost there. Um, so, so Jeff says, James, James told me they asked me to bring Joe a hitman and had Joe pulled a $5 bill out of his pocket as a deposit, that would have been the impetus to storm the park. But because he didn't commit the overt act of actually paying, they had to wait. It was right after I had told Garretson, uh, the day before Alan left, Joe had paid him to kill Carol. Garrison, Garretson brought the FBI and I started spilling my guts. So the feds have Jeff call Alan. Uh, to get his side. Uh, Alan asks for immunity from Jeff, which is fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> you grant me immunity. Uh, no, man. It's just me. Um, Jeff says, I can't do that. But the closest thing you're going to get to immunity is if you come back and help these guys because they don't want you. They want Joe. So we get to listen to the phone call between Jeff and Alan. And he says, uh, Jeff says they know about Joe. Alan says, right. Uh, so Joe's, uh, Jeff, geez, Jeff says, what I strongly recommend, you don't want to be on Joe's side when this comes down, yada, yada. Uh, he says, I gotcha. What that means is you've got to tell me. I don't want to put any words in your mouth. So let's just say from the very first time he approached you, what he said, and I'll let you go. He asked me, hey, bro, you know anybody to go kill that woman for me? What did he offer in exchange? Well, he was supposed to give me 5K to leave with. But it's your understanding. And then he starts putting uh, words in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But, yeah, but it's like five five exchanges in. He's putting yeah. words in his mouth. I don't want to put but words in your mouth, but how do these fit? Yeah, yeah, but it's your understanding that when he gave you that money, he did it for the purpose of you going down to Tampa and killing Carol Baskin. Uh, objection, Your Honor. Leading the witness. Yeah, uh, yeah he gave me three, three grand. Supposed to get five, but only got three. But that And here's one of the most interesting parts uh, for me. He says... But that wasn't about the fucking money. It was about fucking him over. And that screams, I had no intention of doing this. Yeah. I was just going to take his money. Yep. Like, it's 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 black and white. It's mm -hmm. not, yeah. you know, there's no other reasonable way to interpret that. Joe but, had I mean, some shit lawyers, man. So, yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. But that doesn't, assuming that Joe actually gave him the money, that doesn't mean that Joe didn't give him the money to go kill her. Well, I guess I'm saying that Joe's intent was still for Alan to go kill Carol. Um, I guess otherwise, even, why even though is Joe Alan's giving, wasn't? Yeah, why is Joe? Yeah, you don't. Again, the the murder doesn't have to happen to be convicted from Joe's position. Yeah, so so but he I could still have, made, have no idea why Alan's free. <laughs> well, just to convincingly say, yeah, I was pissed. I hated him, and he wanted to give me three thousand dollars, so I took it and went to wherever. But he's yeah, already kind of said. Thing to yeah. back out of. Sorry to talk over you. No, no, no. It's just, it, it is, it's confusing because they all have motivations to lie. They all have motivations to do something stupid, it seems. That's how you said Joe has terrible lawyers, but Joe also has terrible words falling out of his face constantly. Mm -hmm. um, we immediately hear from Joe from jail. He says, Alan is Jeff's right-hand man. 
that makes no sense. That's what makes no sense to all this. You think I'm going to hire a $3 crackhead to kill her? Like, do we picture him hiring like a James Bond level assassin? <laughs> yeah. And he says, do you think I'd hire yeah. a $3 crackhead to kill her? I was like, no, you just marry him. Um, oh. Hello. And the big, one of Too the biggest soon, thing though. Craig. Too soon. He says, but I knew something was going to come down just sooner or later because Jeff and Garretson was con artist buddies. Now, a uh, huge hole in that statement. Episode five, I even went back and listened to the specific segment to make this note. Uh, Jeff met Garretson through Joe. Joe introduced them, and he's trying to make it sound like they have some long-term existing thing outside of him that would make them mm-hmm. group up against him specifically. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that there's a big hole in that. Nothing Joe says here to me holds any water as a defense and <clears throat> is probably the stupidest shit he could say. I sound like I feel like he has, and we've we've covered some reasonable facts that he could have stated that would maybe you know make his case like hey something shady here he doesn't have to even prove i didn't do this he he just kind of has to again it's reasonable doubt right like i think it's easy for him to reach that level on Mm. the shady dealings of these other people and their interactions with each other Mm -hmm. but he doesn't seem i don't know if he just doesn't know about all that i hope he's got netflix (laughs) (laughs) he knows now yeah So we get the video of Jeff uh, yelling at Joe. We're in the home stretch here. Uh, you know you thought Garrison recorded you, recorded you. You were right. You're going to jail. You're going to hide all this shit and then just tell me what you want to hear. Joe says, what am I hiding? Jeff says, you paid someone to kill Carol Baskin. Why wouldn't he say Alan? Mm, good question. Um, and he says, Joe says, that's not what I'm, I was talking about, which is not the greatest uh, – yeah, you know, and the the way he says it too, it's like his mom was listening to him. It's like, oh no, 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 no. I, that's not what I was talking about. No, I was talking. About Come on, Although man. I, guess, I just thought of it now. He could be saying when I was talking to that person about something, I wasn't talking about killing her. Maybe he's referencing a third conversation or, or another conversation. Could be referencing not this direct one. All kinds of things, and that could that question could be cleverly worded in a way where Joe will think we're talking about one thing, but the audience on the television or the, the people watching the recorded footage will be thinking of something else completely. Right. I know that it's paying someone to kill Carol. Okay, but I mean, mm-hmm. even Joe should have had a red flag pop up at the word "someone" uh, there when the guy's you know probably thirty-five feet away, just outside the door. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We get back to uh, America's favorite prosecutor, uh, Amanda Green. She says, at that point, the government didn't know that Joe had given Alan the money. And, and this is the first reveal of this one, we only heard before that he hadn't bought cell phones. But it turns out he had given a cell phone, or had he, uh, uh, to Alan with pictures of Carol on it. And they say none of that was known until July 2018. Uh, and that this was obvious, obviously new information, and they immediately indicted him. Uh, go ahead. Can we Dan- can we can we call her a prosecutor? Can we do that? <laughs> Is that okay? I, like I can't it. take credit for that, but I I think it's I think it's appropriate. I've got a few websites you could Google that on to see if it's true. <laughs> Dan is smitten. Smitten. <laughs> yeah, Dan, it's a sharp, it's a sharp haircut. You know, uh, one two Laura Linney and yeah. Amanda Green. Go yeah. order them. One one. <laughs> uh, Oh, Laura Linney, obviously, number no, one. He's not going to betray Laura. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, if Laura had the same haircut. Oh, no, it wouldn't work on her. No, what if Laura Linney no. played Amanda Green in the film? 
That see that that fits though. That that feels right. Dan, Dan would post <laughs> the right. for me. Yeah, feels like Dan paused in the video for about thirty five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> at least thirty five. Every time I watch this VHS, the tracking is really off on this one section. Uh, a world where VHS still exists. Joe had immediately uh, broken his lease and moved again. I guess he thought someone would uh, was able to locate him. And he starts posting on social media to make it appear that he's in Belize. Um, he has you know, a post... I've- I, I've heard Belize mentioned before, and I've never, I've never really paid attention. It's just like the place where it seems like a fancy vacation place, mm-hmm. but it is right next to Guatemala. Now, mm-hmm. if you say I'm going on vacation to Guatemala, that seems to give me a very different impression. <laughs> Ooh. You know Damn. what I mean? Okay. I'm just, you're going to get yourself saying. into trouble here. No, save, it for just- the, save it for the tourism <laughs> podcast. Okay. <laughs> save right, it for right. the tourism podcast. We don't want to. <laughs> We don't want to sway any vacations. Not that they can be booked right now, anyway. Um, okay. Well, we can just quickly glaze this over by saying any moron who thinks that uh, posting pictures on Facebook with a different location tag than where you actually are is going to do anything for you. It's just a hashtag. Hashtag Belize. Yeah. Hashtag Caribbean. Yeah. And hashtag hashtag Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and underneath me- it said Mexico posted is, in Florida. Yeah. Mexico is a different <laughs> country than Belize. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got both Mexico. of them in there. And he says, uh, he says, uh, don't live, live in glass houses when you walk naked inside. I don't know what that means. What do you guys think that means? It sounds like a lyric of maybe some uh, new hit he's thrown together. Uh, but I mean, we'll have to wait. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure. I, I'm assuming when we, he gets his pardon from Trump, uh, he'll, 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 he'll release a new album. Mm-hmm. So he'll be at the height of his popularity. There's, Maybe we'll get uh, to hear the rest of that song. We do get to see one of the comments on that Facebook post that accuses Joe of not really being gay and just using it as cover to abuse his animals, which is uh, a weird fucking place to take all this. Yeah, um, really. But I, <laughs> these people hadn't seen the documentary yet. I mean, he's clearly gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this is an act, God, wow. <laughs> Somebody give this guy the Oscar. Most deserved win in the last... Three decades, probably. So, Ty, mm-hmm. the phones have been pinged off of cell towers to determine the location. What do they With call the that process? Cell tower uh, pinging. Oh, Triangulation oh. is what uh, sci-fi would <laughs> Sounds mm-hmm. complicated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love how they say that like it's a big thing. It's like, you're fucking, okay, everybody, everybody that's watched a cop show ever, like, uh, they, this is not a fancy thing. I don't know. So, Ty, this is the reenactment. Do you want to, uh, do you want to cover this? No, well, all I'll say is this. I was so excited when I realized this was a reenactment. I stopped Why? writing the word reenactment in my notes <laughs> mid-word so I could finish watching the reenactment. So you could uh, finish? <laughs> now well, we know where I would pause it. It's a weird turn for this thing <laughs> to just go footage, 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 footage. Reenactment. And then they just, okay, they, let's spend the budget right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get somebody, get a sequin shirt, get a wig. Uh, we're going to need a baseball cap and some cop uniforms and uh, somewhere sunny. And we'll put this guy in the pavement. Uh, just bizarre Do you want me to choice. read the letter? Do you want me to read the letter from Dylan? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. To Dylan. At 1045. To Dylan, sorry. I, I, I've listened back to all of our episodes and I consistently say names wrong. So I hope people can follow my, yeah. my train of thought and not just listen to my words because it is a ridiculous cavalcade of errors. So he said at 1045, I pull into the hospital parking lot, park the truck. And as I'm approaching the main entrance, five cars and trucks surround me. 
One Gulf Breeze officer screams, get on the ground. Three large officers kneel on my back, and all you could see is the barrel of a gun. You would have thought they just caught Ted Bundy. And then Dylan laughs like this is a comedy routine. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow, some way, I'm going to make this up to you. I've never been more proud of being married to anyone as I am of you. Let's hope, Dylan tears up, this all works out in Oklahoma. Just never forget, I love you. This is is the last note I took for this episode. Joe finally married a real gay man. <laughs> That's good. Good for you, Joe. Good for you. Yeah, he did I'm it. Very maybe because if this maybe. guy ain't gay, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many questions as to why this guy, like, what is this kid's motivation? Because he sees this guy, this 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 guy that could be his father, minimum father. And and marries them almost sight unseen, and just is like, oh, oh, you need to flee immediately with some tiger. Okay, Run yeah, let's flee immediately. Oh, you need to pretend we're in belief. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, what Dan, is going on in this kid's to quote world? Dylan, Dan, I didn't think about it. I just went. <laughs> Dan, haven't you ever been in love? Oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Come on, man. I don't know. Never been to Belize. Tell you that. Yeah. Or Guatemala. I mean, who among us hasn't jumped into a pickup truck and found themselves? Another state. <laughs> We're gonna have to tell us that story one time. Maybe, uh, maybe we could tell the story of an old coworker who wanted to jump in a truck and go to a different state. Oh no! Um, <laughs> uh, let's it, let's, let's wrap it up, guys. Let's okay, wrap well, it up. Hopefully, he wrapped it up. Um, the documentarian asks, "Documentarian asks, uh, what would you say to Joe right now?" I would just hug him. I wrote that those aren't words. Um, he says, that's what he needs. That's what he's, he needs. He doesn't have any contact, and he's a very affectionate man. And oh I wrote, I'm sure he's got plenty of contact where he's at. <laughs> Joe oh. is just banging his way across prison. This wow, man he, has been starving for gay men in <laughs> Winwood, Oklahoma for dozens of years, and he is suddenly in prison. And, you know, a pig and shit. There you go. Maybe that's his journey. That was his journey. Two things: to to finally marry a gay man and to get to prison to have all the gay here's, sex he wants with straight men. Probably sequel. here's the sequel: The Pig King. Oh Jesus! Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write any of this down. This is all just off the cuff. I'm really happy with it. Um, <laughs> so now we hear back from Rinky, and Rinky has pulled a 180. He's completely turned on Joe because at first are he we really not sounded, done? No, what are we I've done? got uh, I've got a few notes. Well, I mean, we're done if we're not covering the entire episode. What do you want to do? I guess. <laughs> I guess I didn't yeah, cover the notes. important parts. Yeah, Go thanks, ahead. Dan. I'll just watch it now. It's fine. It's one episode we do once and we never talk about it again. Dan, just suck it up. <laughs> All right. Fine, um, <laughs> Rinky, this pisses me off. He thinks he's above the law. And this is uh, later uh, goatee shaved uh, mm. motel living Rinky. Mm. Uh, he, says he's not, he says this pisses me off. He thinks he's above the law. I just can't believe he actually paid someone to do it. And then we hear Joe interviewing on the news and Joe is uh, like, he's like, he's at a hotel, right? Like he's just bubbly personality other than uh, Ty, I'm expecting a a line from you at the end of this. Joe describes prison to her as though he's never watched TV, which I thought was funny. He says, I'm supposed to be in this country, born, raised, innocent until proven guilty. I've been stripped of my clothes, my rights, my identity, 
and my dignity. Uh-huh. Is this America? I thought it was in America. <laughs> <laughs> is this America? Because I thought this was America. I woke up and this was America. I America. Uh, sympathize. I mean, I, I really think uh, I really think this is a botched case. I don't think by the standard of law he should be in jail right now. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that I know that he's been convicted at this point. Uh, no, that's we fair, have, but- we haven't been shown that. He keeps saying things like uh, the last line in the episode, uh, despite the fact there are one or two things I just want to briefly breeze over before we get to the end, is uh, he repeats the very first thing he said at the start of the first episode. And I had a panic moment when I heard him say it because I immediately recognized it. Uh, and I thought, oh, shit, is that the whole show? Are we done? Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, let me show and tell you the whole thing because then you'll get it. And you'll say, Jesus fucking Christ, why are you in jail? And he said things like that a couple of times and that he can't wait. Uh, he alludes to him having a mountain of evidence that proves he was framed. But the news lady says, you know, he's great to have on because he just won't stop fucking talking. He t- mm-hmm. This guy talks himself into trouble every time he opens his mouth and someone puts a microphone in front of him. Yeah, that's his biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what are our thoughts on this new zoo? Do we think we're going to see this completed? This is kind of the last odd, I don't understand it. Uh, this was a weird wrap up to this episode. Where no, I think this is going to be one of those things when you're flying over flyover country, you look down through the clouds and go. Someone like was going to build was, something there yeah. one time. Yeah. What is that, a rock quarry? Hmm, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great location. They got four, uh, 40 acres, one mile away from a major... Uh, casino resort that I guess a bunch of people from Texas uh, go up to. It's got yeah, Winstar. We saw signs where we were at because we were in uh, DFW area, and it's just right, right, straight up the. Uh, I think it's straight up Highway 35. Ooh. You saw yeah. signs for this thing? over the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see signs for wow. this. Wow, wow, wow. For the Windstar, not for the Tiger uh, Zoo. Yeah. For the, oh, for okay. the, I thought the time might have worked out. No, for the casino he's referencing. And it was mm. always strange because the Windstar claimed to be, I think, the biggest – it always had this audacious claim that it was the biggest casino in the world or it was the biggest something of something. It's like, really? Really? Maybe it was or not. Oklahoma. Oh, one time yeah. it was the – only minivan with a five star crash rating of room for seven. <laughs> okay. So wah, wah. we've got, uh, I think this is just about it for uh, the story of uh, the wind, the wind star and them taking this money. And I guess this was my last question is where the fuck is Jeff getting $6 million or whatever he's saying he has to build this new zoo from scratch? I so don't understand how that yeah. last bit plays out maybe a federal agent should keep an eye on this guy because this doesn't <laughs> well, look kosher to me we don't know all that we've heard from joe is that he's broke we've heard that from joe we don't know what his money situation is yeah so guys at the same time i mean we did was that house leased i mean i, I don't know i, I it's hard to recall well, that so far he, back he now, went but. to vegas but hang on though because he went to vegas to open up a um, uh, uh, like a, a shuttling service from casino to casino. Mm-hmm. So that was a short-term venture. So it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for someone to rent a furnished house for, you know, two, three months to try to do something. And they'd be like, nah, fuck it, ain't going to work out. Um, you know, so I, I, it's, it's possible. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's possible. Yeah. Well, I guess we just don't know where, where he's yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff, to me, is still one of the most confusing characters that I'm still not sure uh, kind of episode to episode where I fall with him because he's mm-hmm. he, he's jumping teams. I'm not really sure what to do with him. 
Oh, he is uh, on cheers. Team Affliction from Go, though. That is, <laughs> the, he is... The Limp Bizkit Team Affliction. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. I, I, don't, I, I think you're an idiot if you trust the guy. I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah. that's you know, sure. I don't, you know, again, mistake on Joe's part. He's, he is where he is because of what he did. But, I mean, mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the same time, uh, there may be some other people to call to blame. Gentlemen, episode six mm-hmm. is in the books. It's in go. the books, guys. I thank you for all of your time and commitment to putting this one together. Winners and losers from this episode. Uh, winner first, loser second. Uh, Ty Roberts, go ahead. Wow. I should have been yeah. prepared for this. Uh, there's a winner in this episode? That's a, um, that's a valid point. I got a clear All right. Winner. Well, I'm going to give uh, winner to, let me refer to my notes, Amanda Green. Prosecuting Amanda Green? Yeah. I mean, she, I'm sure she's getting a lot of phone calls, a lot of phone calls after this. Sure. And um, she's the only person that comes off semi-normal in this entire thing. <laughs> uh, loser of the episode has got to be Joe Exotic. Uh, I'm just going to take that because it's the easy get. The guy's in, ended up in jail at the end of this one um, after posting where he was on Facebook. Dan, I think I know where you're going with the winner because I think I'm on the same page, but you go ahead. No, my, my winner was also going to be Amanda Green. So I feel as though uh, I'm going to switch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for uh, somebody that I think showed up and did well in the episode, and that was Rinky. I thought he showed up, and he still he still persevered. At one point, he actually looked kind of clean shaven and together, and mm-hmm. and you know wearing a Ford hat and all that stuff. Um, loser of the episode, and and you know for me, the loser of the episode is someone who maybe has unjustly uh, found where they are, and and this is Joshua Dial for me. You know, <clears throat> I mean, uh, Joe Exotic deserves everything he gets, but Josh did nothing but just give the man the best political campaign of his life and uh possibly was reunited with his father we don't know and we don't know at this point (laughs) joshua did nothing except for wrong decision after wrong decision (laughs) my winner for this episode is carol baskin uh he was doing good at the walmart encounter we have called her a winner throughout this entire show yeah yeah good well, I have an escalator for the next episode. <laughs> I should have said that. After might what I shed said. some light on Carol. So my loser for the episode is uh, James Gerritsen. Uh, Gerritsen goes from a kind of behind the shadows figure in episode one, where he goes unnamed, and then he comes in as a money man, and we think, mm-hmm. oh, this guy's got some clout, and then we find out in this episode that this guy is just a total fucking clown, yeah, and should not be trusted with anything. Nobody's. Nobody's reputation has taken such a steady descent over this entire. Like, there, there's never been a peak to their their mountain. You know what I mean? He's just been downfall after downfall after downfall. He's clearly the loser to me. Good call, gentlemen. Are we feeling like we're good? Time to wrap Tough it up. Tough but fair. Tough but fair. On to our thank yous. This week, we want to thank again JB's Personal Massagers Warehouse. Uh, again, remember to use coupon code Beef Curtains for fifteen percent off all JB's and your local Arby's, home of the beef and cheddar. This show was created, written, and produced by Craig Laporte, Ty Roberts, and Dan Hurt. Edited by Ty Roberts. The best boy grip, also Ty Roberts. That boy has it. You can always find this and other podcast uh, episodes, previous episodes, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Google Play. Uh, well, Google Play is still around, and many more. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, that email address is thecorintigers at gmail.com. Credits, we've got sound sound effects are obtained from Zaps Platin. We've got music from Kevin McLeod, as always, from filmmusic.io. Guys, it's been swell. Bye. Bye, everybody.
everybody's had their got their drinks with them and uh yeah had, had a little, I have, little piddle, little yep, piddle. did you have i did i went earlier yeah I got, I got i got a glass of water and a glass of tequila i got one of each oh boy yeah I'm feeling uh, muy caliente. Caliente? Cal- caliente. 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 Caliendo? 